It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker for yet another edition of The Modern Way. It has been a little while. I'm not quite sure when we last released one, but I'll, I'll check that in a minute. But let me just introduce who I've got with me for this uh, momentous occasion. As we return to the modern, we have got Mark Daniels. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. I've got Craig with me. Good evening, Craig. Hello. I've got Jez with me. Good evening, Jez. Hello. And we've got our modern fanatic, Dan Burgess. Good evening, Dan. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> um, Mark, before we get too much into it, OK, if you couldn't, um, if you had to get rid of one of these for the rest of your life, would you get rid of uh, an English breakfast or a roast dinner? <laughs> oh, what a question. That's really tough, mate. That's a real, because I love both of them. I really do. I, I would have to get rid of an English breakfast and keep the roast dinner. I was of much the same opinion. I do like an English breakfast, but a roast is the king. Right, OK, let's get on to some modern. <laughs> I'm sure one of you has just looked up for me when we last released a modern. Mid-May. Mid-May, and we're recording this at the start of September. So it has been a while. To get us back into the swing of things, we always kind of go to each other what we've been buying. So I'm going to go around all of you with what you've been buying, but also just to give us a bit of a recap of where your uh, modern collecting is at this time. So let's start with you, Dan, as you're uh, there, ready to go. I can see a little face. First of all, what have you been buying, Dan? And, and at the moment, what is your modern focus? So I have been buying tiki's and hot toys. So I think when we recorded last, I was working out, I think I had four tiki's. I've now the proud owner of, I, I counted them up before we started recording, 22 tiki's. So it's grown exponentially. I've got shelves up in the kitchen for them. Yeah, and I've got a nice display of tiki's on the on show now. And the hot toys. So I think I said on the Christmas show, I would, I'd buy a hot toy, hot toy this year. 
and I've currently got seven. So I've 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 bought four since the last show. The Hofstorm Trooper that was that was already on the cards when we recorded last, but it hadn't come through. So that's come through the post now. I got that on Facebook. I got uh, Obi Wan Kenobi from A New Hope. He came. He was from Facebook as well. He came through back in June. And then for my birthday, um, Emma got me the the Mandalorian, the Beskar Mandalorian hot toy. And then not long after that, and I did an unboxing video for it, IG-11 came through. It's, it, this show's influenced my uh, collecting habits in, <laughs> in many ways. Other stuff I've picked up, I've had a Lost Line from the Vintage Collection, a Darth Vader come through. So that's using some of the concept art that was produced or concept card work that was produced for the Kenner cardbacks back in the 70s before they settled on you know the classic one that we're all familiar with so i've got i've got that come through and i also picked up a darth plagueis black series three and three quarter inch and i've been after one of those for a while since we did book month last year and one came on on uh, ebay at a good price so i picked that up in terms of my collecting focuses outside of that i do collect of vintage collections so i've been putting together a a run of rogue one figures on uh, vintage card backs and also now the mandalorian in readiness for my request when it comes through hopefully in the next month or two very nice mate very nice yeah i can remember you uh i'm in an arm with to buy one hot toy so um, yeah. <laughs> no more um what are they called <laughs> what, are they, what are those figures called i used to go on about oh those two that you bought the um hyper yeah hyper reels yeah there's yeah. the lingo look uh, dan i've got a quick question because it was almost like a throwaway comment but you're like yeah i bought those two on facebook yeah just let us in man what what facebook group was oh. that or so it's UK hot toys and sideshow collectibles. So there's there's a lot of stuff coming up on there. I've bought off there twice now and I haven't had any problems. So similar rules to what you see on the vintage pages. And yeah, no problem so far. Yeah, great, Dan. As always, uh, I mean, the Razor Crest, that can't be far out now. What was that, October, November time? Yeah, there's been no announcement. So everyone's getting a bit twitchy I, for it. I've got some information on that because I mm. saw somebody post a uh, comment that they'd had a, a reply from Zavi the UK um, distributor for the Razorcrest, who said they were expecting delivery uh, at the end of this year. So the 31st of December was their exact comment. Now, that is what you would probably describe in retail terms as um, a- any time in the next sort of 12 months. So Yeah, that's kind of hedging their bets, isn't it? Because they're, ex- they're due a bit earlier. But whether we get them in the UK at the same time as their release will be interesting yeah. to see. I mean, mine's still hanging in the balance. And obviously, since since we last recorded, my collecting room's finished. And now I actually look at my collecting room and think, mm, where am I going to put it? I'm unsure whether I really want it now. So you can guarantee I will get it because that's the way things go, isn't it? But You've yeah, got still- plenty of space, you've got loads reserve some i've reserved some space for it everyone's asking me what i've got this blank space in my room and i'm saying i'm not telling you you have to wait and see do we know what the dimensions of the box are yet i don't about the box the vehicle itself we do i think it's like 40 inches long because i've been measuring it 20 inches wide and i think about 10 and a half inches high i think is what it says on the hasbro pulse website i imagine the wings come off and it's probably a bit not as quite as wide as the 40 inches but i reckon it'll be at least you know 20 inches thick mark as you are talking how about yourself been purchasing anything what is your i mean we know that it's a, a tale with you with with generation skywalker you were no modern and we've, we've seen your journey with modern so where is it at at the moment i popped my hot toys cherry recently oh, well done which which one leia bespin oh stunning mate i keep looking at it as well great great starting point honestly uh, on, on a saturday morning i i take uh, me and my 12 year old son we like to go up to uh, hanley town centre 
and we do a little circuit. We go to certain shops, so Forbidden Planet and Game and uh, Warhammer and Comic Book Shop and just sort of follow them some time. I've admired this layer best bin in the glass cabinet that was uh, on display in Forbidden Planet. For Every time I go in, I just think, oh, it's such a great figure. And it was £220, I think, or £230 it was retailing at. A couple of weeks back, I went in and they reduced pretty much all hot toys in there. And it was £169.99. And I, I said to Zach, that's it. I'm buying it. And uh, promptly purchased it. Uh, it's on display in my glass cabinet and it's just fantastic. Is it out of the, is it out of the box? It, it, it's got it's got all it was the the, the the actual display one but it's it's all there the box is there the ship is there all the accessories are there it's, it's just been on display it's untouched really uh, but you've had it out of the box display, yeah absolutely so, <laughs> yeah what do you think of the packaging mark now you've got it in hand isn't it like just another level it's ex- it's a lesson in how those toys or toys of that sort of genre should be packaged they go above and beyond it's not just any sort of general sort of bit of packaging it's 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 presented it's not packaged it's presented and i think that's the difference which when you're spending 200 quid on a figure you know <laughs> you you want the bells and whistles yeah I, I do think they smash it all the time anything else i know i mean we've seen you go down the helmet route we've seen you pick up uh bits and pieces you, yeah you no down. i haven't really bought anything else modern modern wise or vintage wise come to think of it i've, I've bought a black bespin guard on a palatoy 45b that was a reseal that was only 65 quid but yeah reseals at the moment it's just completely dried up it's so thin on the ground stuff is it's uh, you know decent stuff it's very very hard to find but modern you know i, I don't really have any rhyme or reason with modern it's just bits and pieces that i like that, that, that pop up and we're gonna have a chat about that later but in terms of hot toys i'm definitely after another one now and i'm kind of airing on the Jower and Power Droid, I quite like that one. It's a nice set. Or um, the other one that I really like is the Leia Hoth, but the oh, first yeah. that just goes for, you know, really big money. Well, when I get to mine in a minute, Mark, I have recently purchased the Jower and the Power Droid. Ah, right, okay. So I'll, I'll look forward to listening to your review on that one then, mate. Well, yeah, I have just done an unboxing video, which... Uh, it's currently under Craig's thing. So when this show comes out, that unboxing video will be things that, yeah, a couple of a uh, couple of things which irritated me. It's the first oh. box I've had that oh. irritates me. But I'll get to that in a minute when it's okay. my turn. So let's go to let's go to Jez because I mean Jez is probably the least into modern. I mean I've got a pile of Powder Force Two here, Jez, which I'm going to be sending you within the next few days. Very kind of you, Stuart. To get you into that, you were sitting researching that on a Friday night around my house. <laughs> <I> was. <laughs> I was. You've got that, and I know you've put some money down on something for a pre-order. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll cover that later on. I spoke a while ago, or maybe it was on a previous show, about how I had ordered the Tiki Falcon, and I was getting that through the Celebration store, uh, sent over from the USA. So that's arrived. That's brilliant. And uh, that was quite a big purchase for me, so I'm really delighted with that. That's a great Falcon with a couple of little muglets to go with it. Uh, very much like Dan, I've also ordered Tauntaun and a Hothwomper Tiki in a sort of moment of extravagance when I think uh, the whole podcast crew were jumping in and uh, FOMO. I just uh, I didn't want to be there, you know, the kid without the Tiki. So, uh, yeah, I threw that down. That is it, apart from, yeah, what we're going to mention later on, which for me, I, I am now entering a big new world with regard to um, modern 
and uh yeah i guess from my point of view there's loads of other things which i'm seeing you know i'm loving what you guys are showing with regards to the hot toys um it's just from a disposable income point of view for me uh, august september is uh been a killer so who knows maybe later on in the year but at the moment i'm really really pleased with uh with my lot what do you think about hot toys because when you came to mine i had two which i still hadn't got that <laughs> open so we let you yeah i have that experience of opening everything from the box mm-hmm. and uh it was the Mando Deluxe set with Grover. I've got to admit, I mean, you've got him in a lovely pose. He's flying. I haven't touched him. As an experience of a hot toy, does it appeal to you? Yeah, it, it was a great experience. And I think I think you were taking the mech out of me because I probably took about five times as long as you would have done because I think I was so nervous, you know, with regards to the fragility of it. Because, you know, these things aren't cheap. And, uh, and the last thing I... I because I've got no experience with it. I didn't know whether or not, you know, my ham-fisted efforts at trying to put something together would snap it and it'd be like, oh dear, that's awkward. And, uh, but no, I thought it was very, very good. You know, there's the difference between the helmeted ones and the facial expression ones. I, I agree that I think the Leas look absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, when, when you look at them, I think the one bonus which appeals to me is, yeah, you can order it and you, you know, there's a, a whole thing about, oh, you only need to pay 60 quid now and then a little bit more and then a little bit more when it comes out. So if there was just the one that you wanted, yeah, it's, it's, it's doable. I think I think they're great. Lovely stuff, mate. I'm looking I'm looking forward to you. I think you're going to have a bit of a mark <laughs> journey with modern. I think uh, there's yeah. definitely something coming in the next few months. with you. I, I'll just get over this uh, fact that it's just been, yeah, a horrifically expensive couple of months. And uh, I look forward to uh, being in a position maybe where I can be a little bit more sort of, you know, a little bit more treat yourself. Well, anything in my way, mate, I'm just going to send to you. OK, so, uh, <laughs> enjoy your Phantom Menace Naboo Starship slippers on their way. Oh, it's <laughs> like a dream, dude. <laughs> Craig, coming to you then. Purchases? Yes. When did we say the last time we talked to Modern was May? Well, that's what Dan said. Yeah, probably isn't. I think the show came out end of May. I'm trying to think what, because my collecting Modern is, is is very hit and miss. I I think we spoke about the fact I'd bought a retro collection Grief Carga. We, we went on about that at some length. Well, I went off and bought the rest of the Mandalorian retro line. Choice. And that led to me buying, well, you know, I wasn't going to rebuy all the other characters that we've, we've had over the years, but I did go and buy the, um, the two board games because they were cheap in the entertainer. So I got the uh, Tarkin and the Luke snow speeder pilot. So I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy to have the ones they never did and, and leave it at that. And like Dan and, uh, and Jez Tiki, Driven a lot by, there was a sale, wasn't there, on UK Amazon. So yeah. we were all on the group going, Lando's 15 quid. So I jump on the, by the Lando and then the next day something else came down. So there was a little bit of flurry of activity. So I did buy, I don't know, about eight tiki mugs that I'm struggling to find place to put. But, um, but yeah, that, that's about it, really. I would say you're quite structured when it comes to your modern buying. Yeah. I've been spending want. all my money on Brio Networkers. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, okay, Craig. I'm glad you pulled that up, actually. Um, so you've written a blog post. Can you just explain what a Brio, whatever you just said is? A Brio networker, yeah, it's probably the most left field blind alley I've ever taken the people who engage with Generation Skywalker down. But it's a, a forgotten, failed toy line from the mid noughties preschool line, which was invented to reinvigorate the very traditional wooden railway that Brio, the Swedish uh, manufacturer, make. And there's one character in particular who looks like he's he owes a big debt to Greedo. And that was enough of a hook for me to spend a couple of days writing a blog about them. I have to say, okay, Craig, okay, 
I struggle to see the connection. <laughs> I get the Greedo, but I was looking at them and I was thinking, no. Where's he going with this? No, I, I, I don't know whether to promote it hard or just apologise for it and move on because... No, no, it's, I don't a know. Piece, it? <laughs> it's a great piece and it's in your mind and that, that's what that's what our thing's for. So I would, I, I would, I would love to hear, though, maybe... You encourage people to go and read it and get a chat going on We Are Generation Skywalker because I, w- I would love to know people's opinions of them. I mean, we haven't really discussed it even as a team, have we? No, and, and that's that told its own story for me. <laughs> just sort of, you know, I just put it out there, move on. It, it's very pretty and it is quite, well, I think it's quite interesting. And I think sometimes you, you, you get down a rabbit hole, don't you? And, you know, part of what we do is we like to explore, we like to unturn the stones and look underneath and, and question a lot of the things that we're into. And it was one of those things, you know, Star Wars has been done to death. And, you know, just researching these uh, these little characters and this this toy line, there was very little out there. So I wanted to write that wrong. And rather than be the sole contributor to the Brio Networker website that no one ever visited, I just thought it warranted a blog on our site. And some people might find it interesting. And if not, I'll move on and read about proper Star Wars. Yeah, well, I would push people to go and chat about it. I definitely think there is a discussion in there, Craig. Definitely. <laughs> With regards to myself, actually, I was I was looking, obviously, so I just checked it. It's the 29th of May we were last released. So June, July and August. So that's quite a long time. Like yourselves, I picked up a lot of Tiki. But having my room sorted has really kind of reined me in of not just buying anything and everything. My opinions on the Black Series and everything have changed. It's it's something for another day. I'm not all in on it. I have bought the Black Series Luke Skywalker helmet. I think, Dan, I think you posted this is a great price. I was just to buy it and I bought it. I've also purchased some hot toys. So like I said, Jez opened up my Mando two pack. I've also got IG and I also bought Power Droid and Jawa. And like I just said, there is an unboxing of this but what i will say is the base that the power droid and the jail sit on is horrendous so normally they're a solid piece this is a bit of plastic and then it's got like a plastic clam printed clamshell type thing which sits over the top of those bases and they move around but they look awful the printing looks awful they look cheap they feel cheap i'm really surprised when hot toys smash so much out so good that that is uh, what they've done with it i mean please go and watch my video because it is i'm quite shocked when it comes out of the box like that i wasn't expecting that i hadn't read about that and there is a couple of other things but the jawa is amazing i mean his light up eyes when it's dark is incredible so from that point of view mark i know you're a massive power droid fan so i really would get the thing although the power droid is light as a feather i thought that was going to be a really solid piece but it's just an empty plastic shell as well yeah they look nice on display i also bought two maquettes i think that's how you say it um i've had the layer and r2 on my want list for ages finally got one and at the same time i managed to find the jar and 3po um, for a good price so i did purchase that as well and the other thing i keep i've had on my watch list for about two years and that's the gentle giant bus the ala secura a figure i've always loved it's always like 200 quid and i can never bring myself to a uh, to pull the trigger on it the other day someone had it listed for like 125 or um an offer i was working pushing something like i'll offer 80 quid they came back 90 quid i was like yep yeah having it so i haven't got out of the box yet but she's sitting on my desk tonight and i could just see her through that window with that sultry look and uh, oh she's a minx she is a minx so i can't wait to get her out apart from that um, i am reining it in yeah my modern is going to be changing so i'm uh, going to be altering my collection over the next few months and now to business you will be delighted to hear that we are on schedule so boys that is a bit about our collecting a bit about where we are at the moment 
But um, something I did come across the other day, which is relevant to Christmas, which is approaching, and that is the modern toy price rises, modern toys in general. I'm going to come over to you, Jess, just to take us through this, because Hasbro have announced what their increases are going to be for their Star Wars items. This is for the US market. So in the UK, it it does normally relate to a, a dollar per pound, although the pound's stronger. If a dollar goes on something, it's normally a quid over here. Can you just take us briefly through that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And there's a there's an element here of assumed knowledge as well, because I'm you know I'm going through a, a link here. The information's coming from Cybertron.com, just saying, yeah, like many of you, I've known about these price increases. Hasbro announced price increases initially. We just saw it was the uh, deluxes going from 19.99 to 22.99. But no, there are more increases. And it was almost like, yeah, why? Okay, so we're, we are in, increasing the prices. Yeah, I've got the details, but actually I wanted to know why as well. What What is the global reasoning behind these and, and what, what is the hike? And obviously sometimes, you know, within the global market, price increases then sometimes followed by price decreases. So we'll look into that and see what actually they may well follow. But Black Series are looking at, yeah, it's a, it's a $1 increase. So these are what the um, MSRP prices are with effect from August 2021, which is a Black Series going from 32.99 to 33.99. Vintage going from uh, 17.99 to 19.99. So that's a $2 increase, which is strange, isn't it? Because that's um, double the increase for a cheaper product. And then helmets themselves going up by $25 from 14999 to 17499 So quite a percentage increase there. Marvel Legends going up by a dollar. G.I. Joe going up by a dollar. Power Rangers a dollar. So in most cases, a dollar, some of them quite steep. And then Voyager, 39.99 to 44.99. Um, so you'll, you'll see various things. That's the uh, Transformers range. But I wanted to look into this. I was asking, <laughs> in fact, I just sent a message to uh, our plastics specialist, Lee Bullock, to say, you know, what's going on here? What What is this? And yeah, there's a, there's a combination of things, really, is the cost of resin-based plastic has just gone up. And that's for resin-based plastics in addition to plastic packaging. Has gone up the demand for those pandemic issues as well, putting pressure on, um, putting pressure on the packaging industry. I think there's a lot more also of because so many people are now doing online purchases and therefore you might see a lot more plastic going into protection and delivery for that as well. So, yes, quite a steep increase. And in some cases, depending on what the plastics are, you're seeing triple figure increases. I was having a little look here at one network and it was more of a UK one where it was saying about actually, you know, whilst we've already seen this in other areas, we've seen prices now start to stabilise and uh, and decrease. But it is one of those things where, you know, if the prices are passed on in the shops and then the cost of plastic decreases, is that going to be passed on to the consumer? Does that answer your question, Stu? Beautifully articulated, Jess. It's exactly how I would have wanted to answer it if I had your capabilities. <laughs> a bit serious. It sounded a bit sarcastic, didn't it? But it wasn't meant to be. Well, there you go. So um, expect Christmas to be a little bit more expensive, especially you, Dan, who tries to buy everything for uh, Harrison, whether he wants it or not. You will be a Star Wars fan, won't he? Yes, he will. So uncivilised. So let's get into the meat of it. Okay, let's let's talk Haslab because the success of the first two Haslab items that we've seen, the Katana and the Razor Crest, Hasbro are once again going to return to Star Wars this autumn in the shape of the Rancor. Brilliant. Amazing. The first two items are in conjunction with the vintage collection, so three and three quarter inch scale, whereas the Rancor is going to be in a correlation with the Black Series. So we're talking the six inch figures. So it's going to be a big old piece. 
So before we get into that, let's just refresh our, our memories. We've covered the Razor Crest quite a lot on the modern way over its release, over the show. Dan, can you just give us a refresh of HasLab and what makes it different from the normal Hasbro releases? Yeah, so it's, it's essentially um, Hasbro crowdfunding I suppose special projects for want of a better expression more specialist items like the katana that probably any, everyone wouldn't be able to display or want probably haven't got much confidence in them selling through in the shop so to try and get around some of that they crowdfund it they set a target number of backers so in the in the example of the razor crest i think the price was 350 pounds thereabouts maybe a little bit more i think it was yeah maybe 3799 was it something like that so that's, that's the price. If they hit the number, required number of backers, then it gets funded. If they don't hit the required number of backers, everyone gets a refund and the project gets cancelled. I think they have cancelled a couple. I think there was a, a Gonzo Muppet they were trying to produce a couple of years back that didn't get funded. So there is examples where they where they don't um, necessarily get the required number of, of backers. And it's a window to back. So I think in the case of the Razor Crate was from... Uh, maybe late September last year through to early November. So there's quite a, a large window. And as um, as def- different levels are hit, if they do back it, then more and more items get added, extra bonuses, which we'll, we'll come on to. Okay, so Craig, I think Dan's just covered some of it, but outside of Star Wars, I mean, HasLab aren't just knocking out Star Wars items. We're seeing all sorts of stuff. So what else have they given the HasLab treatment to? And uh, there's obviously a couple of other things for other toy lines at the moment which are currently being offered yeah i mean successfully items that have been successfully backed um so far just transformers and marvel really there was a a transformers wars for cybertron unicorn which successfully went through and that shipped in april last year and they've just successfully funded a marvel legends galactus so he's a big one so that was uh, that was funded and that's currently in production but if you're itching to uh back something right now they've got a live project on at the minute which is a trans Transformers Victory Saber, and uh, that currently has, I can tell you, 5,843 backers. Their target is 11,000, and the funding ends on that in 33 days. Probably similar. I can remember the Katana being quite slow to start with before it hit its target. I mean, obviously, the Razor Crest was a different different beast, wasn't it? It funded very quickly. But yeah. Did you say Unicorn? Uh, that's what I've copied and pasted into my notes, yeah. Unicron. Yeah, so what they've done... <laughs> I'm not a big Transformers person. You're going to get lynched, mate, by the Transformers fans. Well, they can go listen to Transformers podcast. You come to this one for Brio Networks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there was a successfully backed Transformers Wars for Cybertron Unicron. Stuart, you can either patch that in or you can make me look like an idiot. Choice is yours. I think like the idiot is quite, quite charming. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark. HasLab has run two previous Star Wars crowdfunded projects. Obviously, the Katana and the Razor Quest both already been mentioned. Can you give us a reminder of what these were, the size of these things, prices, how well supported they were, etc., uh, etc.? Et yeah, well, the first one was obviously the uh, Katana Jabba sail barge, which was an absolute beast. I think this was right at the start of um, HasLab as a going concern. And I think maybe a lot of people weren't quite sort of up to speed with what they were trying to do. So where they were only looking for 5,000 original backers on that, and they got just over 7,000. So it was well prescribed, but in terms of um, the next one, which was the Razor Crest, that they, they just got blew, blew out of the water. The Jabba Sail Barge originally was $500, 
So at the time, it's like, oh, $500, a lot of money. It is a big beast, though. But they are now retailing for nearly £2,000, if you can get one. There doesn't seem to be very many on the secondary market. And when they do appear, they are very, very sought after. And uh, people just absolutely quite happy to stick down £1,500 straight away to, to, to get hold of one. I mean, they are a really lovely piece. And the Razor Crest that was retailing at, I think Dan mentioned, it was about 350 quid to start with. That got nearly 30,000 backers. So that was way beyond what Haslab were originally intended or needed to get the thing through. 30,000 backers. And already they are uh, starting to sell on the secondary market. And this is even before these things were actually in people's hands. They're already selling for uh, almost double that on the secondary market on eBay. So people are, are obviously buying, they've confirmed the order, and uh, they're selling the promise that they will send on the uh, Razor Crest as soon as they get, get it, which I believe uh, should be this autumn, but I'm under the impression that it will be later than that. So it remains to be seen when we all actually get one. I've ordered one. I think Dan's ordered one. Stu, you almost uh, got older one. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you'll have any problem getting an older one, mate. I really don't. I think there'll be plenty around. So here we have it, Jez, okay? These two large vehicles, very popular vehicles, and then they announce they're going to do a Rancor. Gone with a creature. And like I already said earlier, they're going to do it in the six-inch scale rather than the three-and-three-quarter-inch scale. What are your thoughts on the Rancor? Do you think it's a good choice? Do you think it'll be well-supported? Would you be tempted in supporting something like that? And uh, how big is this thing going to be? How big is the Rancor compared to a human? Right, okay. So, first of all, there's a few questions there. I think your first one was, what do I think about the Rancor, you know, from a choice point of view? Personally, I think uh, I think they've made an error. You look at the Katana, brilliant, because we didn't have one. You looked at the Razor Crest, brilliant, because... I mean, who doesn't love the Mandalorian? And it was an excellent spaceship, which uh, just looked amazing. Rancor. Hello. Yeah, I'm looking at mine. We've already got them. You know, they they came out, kind of produced them. And uh, yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, it is good. But what about stuff which we still haven't got yet? What about the Tantiv? What about other things? There are other creatures which they haven't had. For me, I, I don't really get it. You know, but let's talk about the Rancor. If I go back in and have a little look at how they were originally advertised. So these these are in the older toy fair, toy product um, catalogues from back in the day. New Rancor monster figure. He's the meanest, hungriest, most horrifying monster in the whole Star Wars saga. One wrong move could disaster for any rebel who lands in the pit with the rancor monster standing nine inches tall very important that standing nine inches tall he towers above every action figure in the collection with his movable legs you can make him chase the Gamorian guards and when you press one of the scales on his back the rancor monster opens his terrifying mouth his spring-loaded arms can hold an action figure or viciously knock them down. Action figures sold separately. So there we go. So that was the nine-inch tall version to go of the three-and-three-quarter-inch figure. So if you look at that, that's an increase of about 2.4 proportionally. And we were all happy with that. So then you, you think about this. So you think, right, so by rationale, a six-inch figure against 2.4 you're probably looking at about 14.4 inches about 36.6 centimeters but you know me i wanted to check my homework so what did i do i went onto wikipedia and wikipedia told me that the average mass of a rankle is 1.65 tons and the average height of a rankle is 4.2 meters or 14 feet 
then when I actually take that against an average size human, let's say maybe, I don't know, 1.79 centimetres or maybe about 5 foot 10, proportionally, that whole 2.4 thing in the beginning, which gave you your 9-inch rankle, was right. So what am I saying? I reckon it should be around about 14 and a half inches. 36 centimetres, so it's all right. But certainly it's not going to set the world alight in comparison to some of the other products which they've had. It's, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, not anything which would have me screaming and shouting. And I don't think it would necessarily take the internet by storm. There was another lovely modern one. Perhaps um, one of the other ones oh. can help me out. Here. You've got a focus on rankles, haven't you, I think? I haven't. <laughs> Okay, I think this was your and Grant's imagination. I've got my vintage Rancor. Yeah. I've got a, a um, storyboard Rancor signed mm. by Howard, which I bought in Chicago, and I've recently added some um, call sheets. It looks like a Focus, but it isn't really a Focus. Okay. There was a really, really nice modern Rancor. I think it was from the Force Unleashed. I know they did one for that. It was like a, a big Rancor, bigger than a normal Rancor, but I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. Didn't that one have war paint on it? Something like that, yeah. Had a rubbery skin, didn't it? Those nineties ones. You're thinking of Boglins. Not quite as rubbery as Boglins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jez isn't keen on the Rancor. I'm not, mate. I'm not. Surprise. I, I don't I think anyone's going to go Rancor. That's amazing. <laughs> Awful joke. Have you Came been practicing that all day? Need to throw it in there. <laughs> I'll wait for it and I'll deliver it like this. So, Dan, I mean, with the Razor Crest, every time they hit a certain backing number, we, we saw incentives. We saw a couple of figures added. We saw the carbonite blocks added. It came with a stand. I mean, what incentives are they going to offer with the Rancor? I've made a list. Uh. Just my me spitballing <laughs> it, but I'm guessing... A Luke Jedi, a Gamorrean guard or an Ula. I know you'd like an Ula on a vintage card back. A bone to wedge his mouth open with. A diorama piece, maybe, a, you know, a, a gate section. Or you could have a, an area where Luke could stand. Maybe the Rancor Keeper, there's another one we could add. Maybe some broken chains around his arm. He had those, he'd obviously been chained down at some point. He had the broken chains hanging from his arms, I think. They could add that in. We saw this Rancor that is in Jabba's Palace in the Bad Batch when he was a little baby. Do you think they took away kind of like the, the fierce, kind of scary kind of impression of the Rancor? Because they made him a little bit soft, didn't they, the Bad Batch? I think they did that when you saw the Rancor Keeper crying. Kind of humanised <laughs> it a little bit, didn't it? More like a domestic pet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did think that's how well, I'm not sure why you've, why you've done that. <laughs> I think it'll definitely get backed. If they start putting a ton of figures in, we're talking about whether or not this is going to get backed. And it's Black Series as well, isn't it? It's not, I'm thinking it's Vintage Collection, but it's Black Series. So, Well, we'll see, actually, because I sent Craig in undercover into those groups to see what the initial reaction had been amongst the community. Well, I think it's fair to say that the reaction has been mixed. You'll always get those hardcore people who will just lap up whatever's on offer to them but i think people are looking at this because you've got the context of having two pretty impressive never been available ships as jez says you know this is not hitting all the right spots for people just digging around there's a, a an entity very similar to us uh, called beyond the blast doors podcast and uh, and youtube and they ran a poll on twitter um, so we didn't have to uh, and their results are to the question you know what's your excitement level 14.3 uh, i'm not a collector Thanks for taking part. Another 14.3% should be a Wampa. 28.6% bring it on and 42.9% depends on the tiers. And I think that really sums up what I'm reading. It's kind of going, yeah, okay, it's good that it's a different scale. That That's exciting, but, you know, what else are we going to get with it? 
Um, and I think that's going to be really sort of key to how this will go down with people. Interesting, yeah. Very mixed reviews. I mean, we've just heard Jez. He's not impressed. Clearly not something hit back. What about the rest of us? Does this excite you? Does this think to yourself, I can't wait to see it, to see if I'm going to back it? Do you think I'm going to back it? Do you know already you definitely won't back it? Where is everyone sitting at this moment in time? No, just does nothing for me, really. Interesting. Dan? Not for me. Okay, Mark? I, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for it. I've, I've already... Um sort of got the money to one side so i'm definitely ordering it oh how lovely is that to hear some uh, positivity in there well i am of course uh, completely lying oh. it's just the dullest thing that, um, <laughs> could have done, really like jess said you know there's so many other things they could have done and instead we get this big great big brown lump of plastic it's just 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 a bit boring really and it's jedi as well i'm not not, not a huge fan of jedi stuff we covered in this podcast of several months back regal robot did a rancor statue and i know it was four figures very expensive but i can remember at the time we all loved that piece it's still the rancor hindsight's a wonderful thing though isn't it you know you know i think if we'd have known i mean imagine being one of those people that had bought one of those regal robot statues and paid an awful lot of money for it and then realize that hang on a minute there's going to be something coming out which is not going to be that far away in terms of detail and displayability for a fraction of the price you, you i think you would be incredibly annoyed i would anyway yeah and i think i think you have to judge this in the context of what it is in respect to it being a haslab project and it's it's supposed to be something of grand scale of grand complexity of brilliant craftsmanship and all of those things and it, and it could just be a release it could just be a black series release it could also be absolutely stunning and you might all be eating your words <laughs> be, awesome. be interesting to see i mean i do enjoy the rancor i enjoy the scene of the rancor i'm, I'm gonna hold fire i'm gonna be that 12 percent or whatever craig said 14.3 completely random i put rancor monster into an anagram maker and it says um you can come up with snort ron cream and i think that's actually better what a random comment. <laughs> I've got another random comment. Um, I've just wibble, wibble, wibble. <laughs> I've just come up with a name for people who lap everything that Haslab put out. I'm going to call them Hasslags. <laughs> <laughs> On the t-shirt, t-shirt range. Uh, there you go. Hasslags, you can have that one. Hasslags. Brilliant. Right, okay. So there is a consensus here that we're not going to back the rancor. Jez has suggested attentive. Let's get our thinking caps on here, okay? What would you like to see? What do you think that's not being covered properly? What do you want to see in a massive scale? Sandcrawler. Sandcrawler is a great uh, shout. But wait there. Honestly, Mark, honestly. I've got to stop you for one sec, Mark, before you carry yeah. on. You just said to me you didn't want a great big lump of brown plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, one's got, this one's got wheels. <laughs> or tank tracks, actually. No, I, I, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I, I will grant you that. But um, no, if I if I want if I was going to have anything, it would be the sandcrawl. I can just imagine, you know, being able to take the panels off and seeing the detail inside. Being able to, it would come with about sort of, you know, five or six little Jawa characters. The different tiers could be uh, the droid, so you get a Treadwell droid. And a few of the others that are in there that you don't actually get uh, anywhere else. In a nod to the Kenner playset, it would be nice to include the escape pod that R2 and um, 3PO land in Tatooine on. I think that would be quite a nice addition. And I just imagine the bridge at the top, because you get to see 
a bit of this. You know, the Ralph Macquarie book that came out a few years, well, several years ago now, where he basically emphasised a lot about different Star Wars worlds, and he went into great detail about the the, the the Jawas on Tatooine and how these sand crawlers were old mining vehicles that the Jawas commandeered and turned into, you know, roving homes for tribes. And it, I, I can see a lot of that in there, and I just think it would make a great, great Haslar project, that. I'll tell you what I noticed. I mean, that's a, I think that's actually a really good suggestion, especially taking the side panels off. The thing with the katana was people wanted to fill it with the characters you saw on screen. You can kind of do that with the Razor Crest and the Sandcrawler would fit perfectly in with the droids and stuff. I, I, I get that where the Rancor, you can't really... Um, I mean, once you've got it set up, you stick a Luke Jedi or Gamorrean garb with it, and that's it. You could, uh, you could do some real good dioramas with the Sandcrawler. Yeah. Maybe even include the um, the Homestead as, a, as another tier. Yeah, it's another great shout. Okay, let, let's see what the others have come up with. Jez, I know you mentioned the Tantive, or the Tantive, if we're uh, led to believe that's what it's yeah. really called. But uh, what have you really come up with? I mean... That was a bit of a throwaway comment a minute ago. Yeah. Let's hear no, a bit more intense. Do you know what? I think Great Pit of Carcoon would be absolutely brilliant, and you could have it sort of double layered down, so you could, you could have it from above, and maybe also you know have the belly where they say you know slowly digested over a thousand years or so. So you could maybe even for all the Boba Fett fans out there, you know, recreating that whole Boba Fett emerging from it. You've got skiffs above it, or you've got the katana. There are so many things from a playability point of view, and just for something to set up a diorama, I thought Sarlacc Pit, Great Pit of Carcoon, would be brilliant. That was more left field than what I was expecting. Really, I was <laughs> slightly yeah. disappointed with the reaction of that. I thought you'd all go, "Wow, yeah, that's amazing." I've got, I've got nothing to say now. That's what Haslab need to do. Interesting. Joe, <laughs> you know what I am going to put out everyone's ideas here as a poll to see what would be the uh, most desired um, item. And it is interesting, Jess. It's something that's not been covered very much. I know you had the cardboard, the cardboard one back in the nineties, and the game came with yeah. kind of like the cardboard thing. But I think that's kind of like the only iterations we've seen toy-wise. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Dan? So I'm going to try and stick with Black Series and all the suggestions so far, I don't think you could practically do them in Black Series. They'd just be too big. But I think outside of it, I mean, they did the TIE Fighter in Black Series. Massive. I'd take a part of a ship, so I'd take the Falcon and take the Falcon cockpit, in fact, and, and make that almost a diorama that you can sit characters in, real nice flashing lights inside and light up features and that's what I would do if I was going to do a HasLab project. Craig? Now, I understand the intent of the question, uh, but I haven't really answered it in that way. But uh, I was I was Echo with Grant the other day, as we know, and somebody walked past with a katana on a, on a sack, like wheeling it on a sack truck. And you know that when you have to wheel around your toys like Hannibal Lecter, the, the game has changed. And I think, you know, we've seen, all of us have seen like a, a renewed focus or a new focus on people's displays their dioramas you look at the rise of gw acrylic you look at dreteg's collector's displays and as we said the the katana was this nice blend of ship and diorama and i think that is really key really important and the razor crest one of the things i really liked about the razor quest was that they did that lovely flight stand so you could have it there it was sort of at the swoop it was at an angle and this is that's hasbro looking at what the fans are doing and what the the peripheral companies are creating for, for collectors to display their stuff and what i'd love to see is the minds at hasbro just extending beyond the stuff that they're making the, the objects 
and thinking about how people accommodate them in their lives. And this was inspired by the guy wheeling this thing on a sack truck because I love it and I think it's a lovely item. But where do you put it? How do you get that in your house? What do you stand it on? So I think Hasbro, Hasbro could just sort of close the circle on it and think about, okay, you get this in the box. But we just looked at, before we started recording the call, Dan was showing his you know his new collecting room and he's got a helmet on a wall mounted motorcycle uh, helmet stand and it looks great on the wall it's not taking up shelf space so imagine if the katana had come with a bracket that you could sort of suspend it on and it's eye height you can you can look inside there so i think as a as a way of just making these things even more desirable than they are already is just sort of you know if if these things came with a custom plinth with custom lighting that was all there ready. You didn't have to go and source something from somewhere else. You just bought it out of the box. And yeah, it would add a few hundred quid, but so would going to Ikea and buying a bit of Billy Bookcase. So, you know, that is something that I would like to see as possible way forward for a toy company to start building furniture. I realise what I've just said, but I think it's interesting. What, what do people think to that line of thinking? I like it. I think it's logical to start thinking along those lines because like you said the, the katana is such a huge chunk you have got to have a considerable amount of space that you can dedicate to that right off the bat mm. even if you are just buying to invest in a piece like that it's still you know going to take a chunk of space up in your loft while you store it so yeah in terms of how how do you actually interact with these things on a day-to-day basis then yeah i think that's uh, a, a valid and very interesting take on things. I saw the Katana when I was at uh, Sean Moynihan's house in New York when I went there a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was at the end of 2019. I don't think he had had it long. And his son Declan had it in his room. And it pretty much took up the width of the end of his bed. And uh, so he had it on some sort of big toy trunk. And yeah, it was it was huge. I mean, it was, it was impressive. He had it full of figures. But yeah, you're absolutely right. To display it would be great. Craig suggested it would really help what I came up with. I think they need to return to the Death Star. How you do it, I mean, the whole thing would be humongous, but sections. We haven't had a great deal of Death Stars, have we? They can come up with a Death Star and a way of uh, kind of like hanging it. I reckon if they did one that was almost doubles as a display cabinet. So, you know, the guy that does the um, figure displays that mount on the wall and you can put your figures on. How about if you did the Death Star like that? in a frame with a glass front you can open up mm. and each sort of level was a level in the Death Star. So you could have the trash compactor at the bottom going up to maybe a docking bay sort of scene and then above that a throne room with sort of various gantries and stuff you could place figures. So you could, if you wanted to, you could display all your figures with a very sort of Star Wars-esque background. Yeah. It's all lit. It's all wired in. It's got, you know, an acrylic dome over the top so it's you'd have to dust it i can see it that all sounds wonderful now i'm going to go back to Stu's question of what would you like haslab to do toy wise <laughs> so i th- i think it's between my uh, <laughs> i think it's between my solak pit which come on listeners you can just imagine it it's going to be amazing and uh, Stu's very good runner-up of uh, death star which um, obviously we've seen the kenner and the palatoy one which you know they're they're great and I do love them, and it would be um, a fine runner-up to the uh, to the uh, great pit of Carcoon Sarlacc. Interesting that we've all stayed original trilogy because we've obviously had the Razor Crest, which is as new as Star Wars gets. Are you suggesting that you want Haslab to make a horse which can run on the side of a starship? <laughs> 
<laughs> they were my favourite bit. I mean, there's there's a great uh, a Star Destroyer would be an incredible. That would be big. But how cool would that be? Yeah, dreadnought. I, I, I think outside of the Falcon one, I did the, if they were to do something vintage collection, I think a Death Star bridge would be good. Surprised you didn't um, want to see an updated Rebel troop transport, Jez. It's important to have a dream, but if you know if you go for perfection all the time, you're only going to end up being disappointed, I guess. So you know, I'll just keep that one to myself. <laughs> Love a Rebel transport. Rancor, what are you doing here? I'm trying to diet too. Eating too many pig guys. I thought it was the pig guys, but you know what? It was the bread. But we're going to go over to announcements because, I mean, May was a long time ago, so we're going to keep this pretty, pretty fluid because there is a lot to get through. But I'm going to give you all a little challenge here because I don't think you'll get it. When I was putting these notes together, I pre-ordered something that is on this list, okay? So I want you all to have a little think Mm. while we go through this. I know know exactly which one it is, mate. Okay, I'll get. I'll get. I'll let you have the first guess when we get to it, then, Mark. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just have a little listen and and try, see if you can work out what I've pre-ordered. We'll see. Uh, see what we get. And I might be able to send you some um, episode one socks for the winner here. <laughs> get something else out of my garage. I've got all your addresses, so you're all entered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Announcements then. So we're going to start with you, Jez. Yeah. Uh, and the vintage collection. Yeah, so Vintage Collection, these are uh, great images and a good article on Jedi Temple Archives. And as you said, this is from June. Uh, June. So you've got a uh, Bo-Katan figure, uh, which is looking great there from Black Series, and now in the Vintage Collection. And this is the one where you, it's got the removable helmet as well, so both got an extra helmet. It works great. And uh, rocker ankles, so yeah, good articulation and a nice little addition there. Um, Mithril coming down, so the... Uh, the real comical character who uh, made a, another reappearance after having what we thought was his demise at the end of um, the pilot episode of Mandalorian. I think it's just a great looking figure because I think the warmth I get from this figure is when you just see his face and it just reminds me of that entertainment I had when I watched the Mandalorian for the first time. So yeah, he's got a couple of accessories and he's got his wanted hologram, which um, Mandalorian showed him so he can have that in his hand. So that will go nicely with the uh, Razor Crest. And continuing with Mandalorian, we've got the, uh, is it Quill? I think that's the correct pronunciation, which is probably, um, I think, the best looking one. I think that looks really, really great. So, um, yeah, again, he's been released in Black Series, but now in Vintage Collection. I think it, I think that one looks really, really great. We then move on to uh, what they've classed as a repack for um, the Hoth Rebel Soldier. Now, I do love this. I love the outfit of a Hoth Rebel Soldier, but I just, I don't recognise the face. I think when you look at this, I mean, they've received apparently a photo reel update. Now, I'm sure that the face is a really good articulation, but I think it almost looks like Grand Moff Tarkin has, uh, has found some spare clothes and put them on because the guy just looks a little bit too gaunt for my recollections of the uh, various rebel soldiers i mean it, it's a nice one it's available for it was yeah it's going to be coming out in late 2021 or early 2022 but for me it doesn't necessarily uh, tick a box i hope that's not the ones she's gone for um and then the uh, pipeline reveals a big fortune low bot and the uh, navarro cantina thrown out there to you guys navarro cantina where's that from it's going to be the first episode of Mandalorian. Well, the Navarro Cantina is the is the guild cantina. Yeah. So you, you see them going back there. So yeah, that's where uh, all the all the uh, bad guys and girls 
and uh, and various different races and species are. So that's the Navarra Cantina. So yeah, I guess it's cool to see that. And then the other release which I've got is the Emperor's Throne Room is coming to the Vintage Collection. So uh, it's going to retail at $31.99, has repulse UK, US, UK and Canada. And for this one, yeah, great box, but I mean, He's got the throne room there, the emperor's in his chair. But for me, the fact that he's got the uh, the lightning, the lightning accessories coming out of the hands. And also he's got a lightsaber accessory. But I remember as a kid when the uh, emperor figure came out in three and three quarter line with Kenner, I was expecting him to have some sort of lightning. So this is kind of what they're doing there is giving me what I wanted as a child in 1983. I think that's a nice little collection. Are you to buy that one? No. Um, And I don't mean that in a sort of, you know, flippant no way. I just, because I am such a novice when it comes, it's really weird. It's got to be such a considered purchase for me, I think, in some respects. I do like, I do like it. I don't know. I I think I need to see some better pictures. Uh, I think I need to see, yeah. The the actual face, I think, when when you zoom in on this, you know, it's got lovely cloth robes. I think it is good. I'd be interested to see what the price point is when it comes into the UK because, you know, it may well be about £35 or so. It is good. I, I would consider it. It's not a no. It's not a no. I think it's a throne room, though. It's just the plastic window with the emperor on a throne. As if I look at the pictures a bit previously, I haven't looked at them for yeah. a while, to be honest. It ain't really... I, I, when I first thought, oh, it's going to be a playset. It's going to be really cool. It's going to have black steps leading up to the throne. You're going to have the window. You're going to have those... I don't know what they are like computer terminals are they to control yeah, terminals yeah, and things like all that yeah. kind of stuff in it like the lego set and then i saw what it was it's yeah. a bit like is that really the emperor's throne room or is it just the emperor's throne with a plastic window well that's what you're getting so you're getting the figure the throne a throne room window slash background and four accessories it says four i can see two lots of lightning and i can see a lightsaber so i'm not sure if the other accessory is part of the robe or not but you're right it's it's not a play set it's just something else to have next to some other figures. I mean, you know, I, I can picture that next to, you know, Vader and Luke, and uh, who knows, one day maybe uh, Emperor's Royal Guard. But it, it's a it's a nice enough setup. But you're right, it's it's just leaving it a little bit wanting from that point of view. Okay, so that's the vintage collection. Now, Mark, we're going to come to you for the Black Series, Rogue One Crazy. Finally. And I bet Dan was happy when he saw these being announced because um, Rogue One is finally getting some love and finally getting a Bodhi Rook figure, which I know a lot of people have been asking for for a a while. Why? I I don't know. I mean, I I guess he's a a key character, but this one comes with a, a reel of tube on his back. Which uh, is a great accessory, I guess. So, yeah, we get Bodie Rook and Toc Merrick, which is the uh, X Wing leader, uh, squadron leader at the battle at the end. Uh, Galen Urso, uh, which again is, an, is a new character. Jen Urso, or Jen Urso, who was a bit of a peg warmer originally, so she's getting a, another re- release. Cassian Andor, again, at uh, least again, K2SO. I think they've changed the eyes on this one. I think it was red before, and I think they've gone to white or silver on this uh, re-release. Chirit Inwi, is that right? Is that is that pronounced right? I'm not sure. And uh, Baze Malbus, and three of these uh, 
figures have had the photo real uh, effect. So when Chirrut, Inwi, Bayes, Maldus and Anton Merrick all get that photo real uh, effect and uh, the sculpts do look fantastic, has to be said. Two of those figures are going to be exclusive to certain outlets. So we're Star Action Figures in the UK and Zavi will be exclusive distributors for the Antoc Merrick figure, uh, Galen Urso figure. So that'll be the only two places you'll be able to get those figures from in the UK. So yeah, no, Rogue One getting some love and also getting some love in the future because uh, down a pipeline, we've got the uh, Jeddah Patrol Stormtrooper, which again, amazing. Anybody that is into Rogue One and collects Rogue One stuff, I'm certainly going to get a couple of these figures. I'm definitely going to get that Jedi Patrol Stormtrooper. But also Mandalorian getting some love as well. Uh, so we're getting Bib Fortuna, as he was seen at the end of Season 2. Uh, Mayfield, the uh, Bill Burr character uh, from Season 2. Fennec Shand, the Nomad Fett and the Cobb Vance figure from season two as well and i can guarantee you absolutely guarantee you when those are put up for pre-order they will sell out like hotcakes because i am under the impression that yeah bodie rock uh, as of now that figure is sold out on the pre-order at star action figures so um ever likely the character was uh sought after and highly prized amongst the black series collectors because he's already sold out so uh, it remains to be seen whether he will get back into work stock anytime soon going back to other releases we've got uh, Zalbar now I I have not played any Star Wars computer games so I do not know this character I do not know this game but what I do know is the sculpt on it and the costume on it looks awful sorry if you're a fan of this figure this character in the game but <laughs> it just looks awful it's got like these red like bandolier belt and a red sword it just sorry they just not, can't seem to get wookies quite right in my opinion and this figure's no no different really in that respect that one's uh been released and also trapper wolf from the mandalorian season two who as you full well know if you've got anything about you will know is the dave filoni character um who's the x-wing pilot that was seen briefly and he is a PulseCon exclusive and will be available in one of those rather nice slipcase edition bits of packaging so we're yeah look out for that and got to finish this bit on something i'm absolutely cannot wait for is three more carbonized figures i'm so so happy to see these these figures getting <laughs> yet another release Scout Trooper, a Shore Trooper, and Paz Vizsla. Quite frankly, they are shockingly poor. The Shore Trooper, is, it just looks awful. Absolutely terrible. The Scout Trooper, again, you can't even tell that it's had the carbonised uh, effect from the photographs because obviously the white armour is, is still white. They've, they've just carbonised the black textile bits of the suit. I mean, really? You, you're that desperate to add these figures to your collection that... Uh, just a tiny bit of carbonizing on the figure warrants yet another purchase. I'm sorry, but did this is what's wrong with um, what Hasbro are doing on this side of things. I just think they've got it so wrong. But somebody's buying it because they've released another three. Shocking, shocking. I agree with what you say. I, I was looking at these pictures, and yes, in the in the packaging as well, the uh, the biker scout or the scout trooper. I'm just thinking, oh dear, that just looks ridiculous with the extra plastic which we've spoken about in the past. But then you scroll down, and you see the next one of him. I, I say him 
uh, of they posing the way they are and i'm like maybe it's just the helmet maybe it's just that biker scout helmet but i look at that and i'm just like it looks pretty good <laughs> so you said to me oh what when are you gonna buy and i'm like yeah i'm not gonna buy you know I'm, i need to make a considered purchase i sincerely hope that my one and only uh, first purchase isn't one of these carbonized ones but actually looking at that figure looking at that helmet i um biker scout scout trooper it's just a cool figure in general isn't it really I make, I make you laugh when I was looking on eBay the other day for its sold items on on Black Series. There was a set of those Christmas figures. Do you remember those from last year? Yeah. Brilliant, full yeah. set, completed completed sale, hundred and fifty pounds for the I think five or six figures. So was that more than what they were selling for? Well, they were twenty quid each. I think I think there was five of them. So yeah, they, they're going up in value. You should have invested in them, Mark. Oh man, I tell you what, I, I I'd rather not have the extra fifty quid. Mate, I loved my one. <laughs> I'm gonna have it back out this Christmas. It was wonderful. Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. On that, so carbonized figures impressing Mark as always. Now, Dan, obviously we love the hot toys here. And having not recorded for some time, we're certainly not short of new announcements. No, there are a number. And all but one of them are related to The Mandalorian. We spoke about it briefly, I think, an episode or two ago when they were kind of teasing the, the blurb. They also teased the swoop bike. So that's available now for pre-order. Um, so that's the Mandalorian's swoop bike. Was, I think it was used in several episodes. That's $285 for pre-order up on Sideshow now. And that's for release in Q3 of 2022. So sometime next year, probably this time next year, that comes out. So that's now available. And then we've got the Artillery Stormtrooper. So this is from the episode where Boba Fett gets his armor back and, and fights all the stormtroopers. This is the one with the yellow markings and the mortar bomb. So he's been released. He's probably the cheapest of the figures that we'll look at tonight. He's 220 pounds, sorry, dollars. And he comes out in Q1 of next year. So not long to wait for that one. Next one up we've got is Quill. So again, that was one that was kind of being teased in some of the uh, the blurg images we were looking at a few months back. Um, so he's being released now as both a single figure and with a blurg. So he comes in both versions with his little hat. He's got his goggles. He's got welding tools and other bits of kit. He's got a dark gun and his backpack. I don't know if you've had any guys who've had a look at it, but the, the face sculpt on this is is another. They've hit it out of the park again with this one, I think. All the wrinkles are there and the detail in the eyes. The standard one with just Quill is $245, and the deluxe with the Blurg is $545, and that is due for release again in Q3 of next year. Next up was Hunter from the Bad Batch. So he's our only release that we'll talk about tonight that isn't related to Mandalorian. So he comes as he appears in the show. He's got all of his armor. He's got a removable, not a removable helmet, a removable head that then you can replace with the unmasked head. He comes with his knife, his blaster, his backpack. He's going to retail for $250. And he again comes out in Q3 of next year. The next one up was a bit of a surprise, the armorer. So this was a 2021 Toy Fair exclusive. So this was announced, I think, a month or so ago when Toy Fair was held that, that they were bringing this armor out. It's actually in hand with a number of collectors now and is, is in the process of being released. Available for order on Sideshow again, $245 that one. And comes with pretty much the same accessories that we saw in the Deluxe or Deluxe black series version so she's got a number of welding tools hammer i think she comes with the mandalorian's chest plate so you can set her up to mimic that she's hammering mandalorian's chest plate and a sheet of beskar as well 
So that one, again, really nice detailing in the costume. She's got a, a fur jacket that she wears and a leather skirt with lots of nice detailing in it. Next up, then, we've got the Boba Fett. So this is the repainted armor version of Boba Fett. So again, this comes in a standard version and a, and a deluxe. And the deluxe includes the throne that he sits on at the end. So the Fortuna's throne that he takes over at the end there. Again, I, I had, I, I've pre-ordered the first version of this with the Nomad um, Boba Fett. And I'm really thinking about, should I or shouldn't I cancel that and jump on this one? <laughs> or should I just get both? So I'm, 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 I'm kind of pondering that at the moment the throne version or the deluxe version comes with uh, an unmasked head so you can see tamura morrison's face in all its glory and the standard version just comes with the boba fett's helmeted head so if you if you're keen on um seeing an unmasked boba fett then you will have to get the deluxe one but in terms of prices 245 for the standard release and 390 for the deluxe so you're paying nearly 150 dollars for that throne so yeah some some soul searching to do on that one for me next up we've got the mando and grogu set not to be confused with the the sets we've seen released recently so this is a new version of um, the mandalorian i say that in an inverted commas so it's got the season two armor which basically includes a different i think it's his left sh uh, thigh has got a different piece of armor there They've also improved the the shine on the armor. So I think if you go and look on the Sideshow website where they've got all their publicity stills for this, they they hold the the current version that's under release and this new one um, side by side. So you can see that the new version's a bit shinier. Also comes with a Darksaber, a, a Beskar Spear, and the deluxe version comes with uh, a number of accessories, um, including the Boba Fett helmet and jetpack and lots of bags and boxes so you can recreate that scene where mando's walking across the tatooine desert after having his swoop bike destroyed and he's got grogu in his satchel and he's got his gun across his rifle across his shoulders with everything hanging off of it so you can recreate that scene the standard version of that is 315 dollars and the deluxe is 375 so there is a um return of the jedi biker scout speeder and biker scout himself um coming out in q3 of next year so this is they've basically taken what they'd already done for the mandalorian release so this was this was released previously for mandalorian with the with different colors and they've repainted it to match up with return of the jedi the biker scout on his own is 230 dollars, and the uh, with the with the bike is 505 that is really nice and if if you haven't got the mandalorian one i think it's definitely something if you've got the space for a which i think is nearly over 20 inches long speeder bike i think it's a, a great addition to uh um, any return of the jedi display it's, it's it's a great looking piece and the last one is the luke skywalker from the mandalorian again this comes in a deluxe and a standard i have been waiting for this since that last episode air as soon as this became available i haven't just pre-ordered it i've paid for it in full i've ordered the deluxe version of that so i'm i'm ready and waiting for this so this is the luke skywalker with his well very much the return of the jedi looking outfit he's got the black cape and the i suppose the controversial part around this is the face so they have modeled it off of what was in the show so he looks very much like he did in that episode the deluxe version also has a, a dark trooper 
that's kind of in the process of being force crushed. So you compose your Luke in that position where he's holding his fist up and, and crushing that, that dark trooper. And that's got LED light up features and the whole thing just looks brilliant, I think. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. So the standard version where you don't get the dark trooper is 285 with the dark trooper is $330. And that's the lot covered. Are you a Jedi? I am. Come, little one. He doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child. But he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. We're coming over to you next for some intriguing items here in the 50th anniversary line. Yeah, I've got the job of just mopping up the other bits, haven't I? <laughs> so, <laughs> so for completeness, uh, there've been a few reissues for the Black Series, which second, which are in the um, the archive packaging. Uh, so we have got a Princess Leia. We have got uh, so that's Princess Leia, like a New Hope version. We've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is the Revenge of the Sith. We've got a 501st Legion clone trooper. He's the one with the blue stripes. And we've got a Darth uh, Revan. And the humans have had a, a photo reel face app uh, makeover, which is still kind of, you know, I question whether they're, they've got there yet 100%. Um, Leah looks a little bit like a goth. It's got a bit heavy on the mascara, but you know they're pushing these things forward. It's a new version. If you didn't buy it the first time round, it's available again uh, in the archive set. Alongside that, we've got a new Black Series set, and we talked about this on the Beer Show because what they've done with the sort of retro packaging, they've looked to the Power of the Force too, uh, and what they've done is they've released a, a three-pack of the little showdown in the cantina, uh, which features old Ben Kenobi, Walrus Man, and Dr. Everson. And it's a really sweet little set. You get a section of bar with it. And as we discussed on the other show, you know, some of the publicity photographs of this have got two lots of the bar. So if you want to continue the sweet round, you'd have to buy two sets, but modular bits of the uh, of the Moss Eisley Cantina, which is great. And these two figures from that iconic scene. And I think it's one of the best things I've seen them do for a long time. I particularly like the uh, the walrus man, the Ponda Baba. He looks like a dude with a big rubber head on. It's just, you know, he looks like the guy in the movie. Spot on. So I really like this. And I know you do too, Stuart. I bloody love this thing, yeah. It's right up my street. Right up my street, yeah. I mean, anybody who's not buying this, I mean, you need to have a long, hard look at yourselves. It is fab. It is fab. And the other um, the other little bit, just to catch up on, is uh, some vintage collection 
three and three quarter inch figures, which what they've done is they've taken some existing figures, they've repainted them and they've repacked them on uh, card art that all um, reflects the, what I think they're calling it the 2D series now, Clone Wars without the the. So we've got Ayla Secura with card art of her animated self, but like a realistic version of her, but with the with, with the animated colouring. We've got Luminara and Dooley, similar deal. We've got Barris Ophi, and we've got an ARC Trooper Captain. Oh, we've got an ARC Trooper as well. And we've got a Battle Droid, the orangey one. You know, I see what they're doing with that. I, I, you know, you, people buy these for the cards, so I can see the appeal. But I much preferred the original ones that came out in the early 2000s with the uh, the animated style figures. He doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This little one's not worth the effort. Come, let me get you some. Right, so let's carry on then. Um, Gentle Giant Busts. I'm a bit of a fan. I've already mentioned my Ayla Secura. She's giving me a little cheeky sly look at the moment. Winky, winky, Ayla. But we're going to come over to Jez for these. And I know that you're excited about one of them. Yeah, Stu, I absolutely love this. I think this was Dan who put the photograph, first of all, in our little chat group. And uh, immediately when I clicked the link, I was presented with bust of Luke Skywalker in his red five costume with his helmet on and his uh, yellow visor down. Fantastic looking bust with great features. But the um, the intricate thing about this was really, really uh, beautifully done is the bust is actually mounted on an X-Wing, which is, uh, well, is sort of an X-Wing fuselage pointing upwards. You could just see the detailing of the engines uh, and all the um, engine elements, but R2-D2 as well. Uh, with a uh, plethora of photographs on this, I just studied it. And I just thought, you know what, that completely fits my focus. And why does it fit a focus? Because for me, Generation Skywalker, it was about the Skywalker. It was about Luke. And when I first thought about characters in the original trilogy in particular, you had Han in in A New Hope, and then he changed costume. Leia changed costume. Okay, Vader seemed to have just the one one suit fits all. But for me, Luke, the hero of A New Hope in his X-Wing, you also see Luke. Yes, okay, people could argue the fact that it was an element of a snowspeeder suit whilst he was flying in his X-Wing to Dagobah. But also in Return of a Jedi, again, you see Luke in the X-Wing. So for me, the Luke X-Wing has always been one of those figures where I just find it is Star Wars for me, just as much as the original Luke farm boy. I love this, but the detailing of this, I think they've got spot on. I really, really do like this. I, I like everything about it to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm going to commit. And for me to commit to something modern, you guys know that I don't do that. This retails at $175. It's limited to a thousand so they've got an addition size here of a thousand scale wise it's uh, it's one to two so it's about 10 inches or so um high and you are limited to just two per person but for me looking at this i just thought yeah i can really make something of that i don't know where i'm gonna put it but 
I just loved it. I really, really did. <laughs> and this shows my naivety for things like this, because when I saw it and it's like limited, just 1000, I was like, oh, no, I must get it. I must get it really, really quickly. And um, so, so I ordered it that night. It's still available now. <laughs> so obviously they don't just go like that overnight, or this one certainly hasn't done. But uh, I, I just think it's brilliant. And before I go on to the other three, guys, what do you think about this? Am I just insane or is it actually quite an attractive piece? I think it's lovely. I think the stand, I think you're right. The stand's really nice, mate. I think you've made a great... I know you're saying, oh, I had to pull the trigger. You've got to sometimes if you really like something, because sometimes things do just go. So what I would say to you, Jez, is that there's a, a really nice big stark lighter bust that would look amazing <laughs> just, just behind it in the same outfit i reckon it'll do a wedge as well there's a, there's a rogue squadron <laughs> tip movie coming out next christmas isn't it or christmas right. after they'll be piling them onto you now jez you'll have to get the set <laughs> i just think there's the skin texture the tone the the visor the hair just when you look at the rear and you've just got little tufts of hair coming at the rear of the of the helmet i think everything about this I think they've got spot on. You know, you, you can almost see, I don't want to like, gross anyone out or anything, but you, you zoom in and you can almost see the pores of the skin uh, and the griminess on the uh, the end of the sort of helmet chin strap. Uh, it looks authentic. It doesn't just look nice. It looks authentic. Uh, and I love it. I really, really do uh, like I'm, that. I'm so glad you, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, we, we all pull each other legs about getting each other to buy stuff, but I think something like that, you know, having an X-Wing pilot focus, it just, it would just be a great centerpiece. Well, certainly, you know, certainly a discussion point. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Um, so I'm, so glad I'm, you got it. yeah, cheers, man. I'm really, I'm really pleased that, you know, even though I said, oh yeah, August and September has been mega tough. I was just like, oh, I'll do it. Uh, if I don't do it, it'll be sold out tomorrow and I'll regret it. And uh, yeah, it's still available now if anyone is interested, but I love it. And estimated uh, arrival is January. So really got something to look forward to on that. I'm going to move on. Uh, the next one is, uh, again, this is awesome. What I love about this one is the Dark Ray mini bust. 2021 New York Comic Con exclusive. Now, if you recall, Rise of Skywalker, just for a, for a glimpse, you'll see the Dark Ray, and it's almost very much like, uh, oh, it's in the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, or might, The Hobbit, I think, when uh, when Frodo sort of, um, Bilbo Baggins just uh, freaks out and you just see a sort of horrible uh, gnashes coming out of his mouth. It's exactly the same with Ray. And actually, this is done with this mini bust because she's got two interchangeable heads. So you get two heads with this one. And uh, one, you've got the beautiful Ray looking. And then exactly the same pose, you can then sort the head and you've got these horrible pointy teeth. It comes with accessories, it comes with the uh, double sabre. And again, this occasion, this is a one to six. So you're seeing more of Ray rather than just the head and the bust. And it's an addition size of two and a half thousand. But funnily enough, whilst they've got, yeah, two and a half versus one thousand, you're actually only limited to one per person on this. Uh, to arrive in December, I think it's a, it's a great looking figure. It really is. And it's $120. So for me, I think actually when you consider some of the other things out there, I, I reckon that's pretty good. I, I, I do. I really, um, I, I don't think that they're taking the make with these prices at all. I then move on to the blue Snaggletooth. And so this is another uh, mini bust 2021 holiday gift exclusive. Now, this item is only available to 2021 Premier Guild members. And uh, again, this is estimated to arrive in uh, December. So it's the blue snaggletooth that we're used to with the uh, very familiar blue snaggletooth belt. However, 
the fact that this is a holiday gift exclusive. He's rather randomly come with a couple of accessories. Now, guys, he's he's got a paper snowflake garland. I mean, this is trippy. You just have to think, hang on a second, have I been drinking? And, you know, he comes with a blaster, but he also comes with a wrapped holiday gift. But it's the paper snowflake uh, garland, which has really sort of got me uh, got me confused. And he also comes with a festive holiday hat. I mean, you know, this is brilliant. As with the others, it comes with a numbered certificate of authenticity. But it's just so peculiar. It's just completely random. Uh, $120. You know, we, we see people paying, you know, £300 for a uh, blue snaggletooth easy now vintage. Get one of these. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> really, really, really strange. And then it brings us on to the last one, the fourth one, Maul. So this is the Darth Maul concept mini bust. Again, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, this one. It doesn't look like more. That's because it's the concept. So gone are the multiple horns. Was uh, more usually got ten horns? I think it is. Um, this one being the uh, the concept, he's got five. So this was inspired by Ian McCaig's concept sketches of the famous Sith Lord. It's a one of sixth scale bust showing Maul in his high coloured outfit. It's about seven inches tall, and this one is limited to only 750 pieces. And you're limited to just one per person. So very small run of 750, $120. It looks great. I mean, so we've seen there the the uh the ray from rise of skywalker the blue snaggative which is just beyond tripping uh the darth maul which i think you know that's is a very unique thing which would have to go for a more focused collector but for me the standout piece is absolutely that luke it's uh it's a joy yeah i, I think they smash it i think that dark ray looks amazing as well it really does yeah i was thinking you know before i read the fact that it said you know two heads i was like wow how on earth have they done that because i think you know she, she's got this gob full of teeth <laughs> with a really snarling sort of uh, eyebrows and everything you're like wow that girl means business real beautiful face yeah very very cleverly done I, I don't know where the head sculpt stops i think it must be just under that jawline because when you zoom in on the pictures you know the, the neck and everything you're thinking right well there's no obvious point of articulation or, or change there so it's been very very well done I, li- I like these busts i think if you're just doing a random shelf I mean, a bus just uh, just sets it off. They they are something I dabble in now and then. And some of them really hold their their value and do go up in price. So um, hopefully your Luke X Wing, which I would imagine will be quite a desirable piece. You've still got a block to finish on them, haven't you, Stu? I have. I have started. Um, it is something that I want to cover in depth because I think there has been some amazing busts covered and some really random and left field characters. I will get to that. The exhaust shaft is only two meters wide, so you'll have to use proton torpedoes. Well, that's impossible, even for a computer. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. Hey, uh, can I, can I, can I talk to you privately for a second? Sure. That, 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 uh, that was, that was unnecessary. What's the problem? Well, you, you just kind of called me out in front of everybody back there. I, mean, I was what, just making a point. I know, I know, but you, like, just... Kind of sandbagged me oh, in front of everyone oh, I we know. Sandbagged you in front of all of our friends. Yeah, you sandbagged. I me. sandbagged. You sandbagged me. Well, yes. here I am trying to help you. You, you know what? You know what? That... You know what? I don't need your kind of help. All right. Have a great assault, jerk. So, Mark, going over to sideshow.com, which is where a few of us get our hot toys. Uh, they've released a couple of other. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things on there, but there is a couple of other items which which we've brought up to be discussed tonight. Yeah, and the first one is from. I'm gonna have trouble with this one. Kato Bukaki. 
Kato Bokit, Kato Bokia. That's the one. Kato Bukaki. Bukaki, something um, completely different, Mark. Oh, right, yeah. I, <laughs> I go Googling stop. that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up with something else there. Something else I've seen on the internet. Sorry about that. This, I am going to edge my bets now, Stu. I think you've pre-ordered this. Which one? And I will tell you why. Because it is without doubt the coolest thing I've seen in a very, very long time. It's a sort of cartoonized version of a bunch of Ewoks attacking a very dumpy, cute almost looking uh, Scout Walker on a sort of cartoon base. It's a, it's a statue, essentially, retailing at $200. And to be quite frank with you, you would get $200 worth of pleasure just looking at this because it's so funny. There's all these little details and the, the expressions on the Ewoks' faces, even though it's all stylized and kind of simplified. It's certainly nowhere what you would call photorealistic. It's it's very sort of um, anime in its uh, sort of styling. And it's the... the the expressions on the Ewoks' faces and the little details, like one of them's trying to stab the Scout Walker with a knife on he's hanging on one of the guns at the side. I mean, it really does bring a smile to your face. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'll tell you a funny story about it as well, Stu. This was released or it was uh, showcased uh, just before, maybe day or two before we were all coming down to yours, beer tasting session. And we, we all sort of said, oh, wouldn't it be great if we all turned up with a... Uh, a gift and this had got you written all over it and of course 200 bucks we had a whip round and all we could manage to get was 15 quid so we were a bit far off the target i'm afraid mate um and also it hadn't been released yet it had only just been sort of presented so whilst the thought was there we just couldn't quite come up with the goods but uh, yeah i'm gonna put my money on this being the item that you've pre-ordered so that's one and the second one is general grievous the Sideshow General Grievous, which is the sixth scale figure. Now, this is a, a re-release, and it's got a lot of slate in this, this figure, which is unfortunate, really, because the first one, whilst you have to say that from the prequel uh, movies, General Grievous is one of the coolest, you know, arguably one of the coolest elements from the, the, the whole sort of prequel trilogy, you would think, wouldn't you, that they would knock a figure like this out of the park because there's that much detail it's quite a huge imposing figure you know there's nowhere to hide on this they they seem to have made the same mistakes again much to the sort of chagrin of a, a lot of collectors which is a real shame really the only thing they have managed to address was the cape which is pretty much the only thing of any note that this figure's updated. The, the previous one was very thick and didn't hang quite right. And the material wasn't, it, it just felt and looked wrong. So they've, they've, they, at least they have addressed the cape and this one looks more detailed. It's, it's finer so that it, it drapes over the figure and looks a lot more realistic. So they, they have addressed that and it's got like a, a lovely sigil, Grievous's sigil printed on the back. So yeah, it looks very nice, but one of the main complaints they have right out of the box is because the figure is so fragile, things are getting broken just, just simply by removing this item from the box. Uh, the joints are very loose. And, you know, when you're spending $285, which is, what, 220 30 pound on an item like this, it, it's a lot of money to be spending on something that isn't good right from the outset. 
uh, the stand, which was an issue on the previous release. And I quote one guy who was doing an online YouTube unboxing video of it, basically said it's the worst stand for any figure from this sort of genre of um, figures. It's, it's awful. And when you look at it, it, you can tell that it's not substantial enough to A, hold the figure in any kind of dramatic pose, but also it's just the quality of it is just shocking. You would think, wouldn't you, that um, they would address one of the main issues from the first figure being the stand. Um, that was one of the things that everybody's moaning about. But no, no, they've uh, simply repackaged that. They've tarted the box up a tiny bit, which let's let's be honest, when you buy something like this and you put it on display, the box really comes relatively low down the list of priorities. Basically, the, the general gist of, of it is if you are looking for a general Grievous uh, six-scale figure, it might be worth just hanging in there and waiting and seeing if uh, another one comes along. These issues that are, are clearly not one-offs, they are, you know, right across the board, people buying these things. It's not something that's a rare, a rarity. It is a common occurrence. So, um, yeah, maybe save your money, invest it in something else. So, there, yeah, those uh, two sideshow items there for you good enough for you Stu? perfect mate perfect very different opinions from you there coming i've read awful things about the grievous but i do think they are they are dealing with some of the issues now jez uh, this is also available over on sideshow but uh regal robot yeah you know for those people who are just thinking oh you know budget wise a little bit <laughs> a little bit tight however just still want to get a slight star wars fix and something a little bit different stocking filler you know christmas just around the corner the restraining bolt magnet now, for those people, yeah, the restraining bolt, which you would have seen, say, on C-3PO or R2-D2, just restraining those droids from the original movie. Yeah, they have reproductions of those. So this is a magnet, um, hand-cast and solid polyurethane resin, and uh, finished uh, by their artists in New York in faux metal. It, it looks really realistic because it looks old, it looks weathered, it looks an element of griminess to this. But you could just imagine putting this in, in your room, in your collection room, maybe even on your fridge or uh, who knows, on a card or uh, something or other. It just looks pretty good. And at twenty nine ninety nine, um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, there are a variety of pictures there. But actually, I think it looks really, really uh, screen accurate and definitely one of those subtle pieces which you could have on and someone could just go, oh, that looks like a restraining ball. Do you know what? It is. Nice little find. Regal robot. Well, fun. This protocol droid might be useful. Fit him with a restraining bolt and take him back up to His Excellency's main audience chamber. Daniel, couple of jumbo figures. What a beaut. We, we, we'll save the best till last, and we'll cover the Mandalorian first. So we spoke about Jumbo Giant. I think on the last episode we were talking about the the concept Vader. They've now expanded that range of, I suppose, non-vintage figures into the Mandalorian. So they've taken what I assume is this sculpt um, Hasbro did for the retro line of the Mandalorian, complete with vinyl cape, and blown it up to jumbo size. There's not a lot more to say about it than that. It's uh, it's $79.99, so $80. It's coming out this year before Christmas, and it's a big bad toy store exclusive. I haven't seen the packaging for it, just seen the figure. 
I think we spoke about the the Mandalorian figure at length on the last episode when we were talking about the retro collection. So I think it's an, a nice enough figure. Do I need a foot tall version of it? Probably not. But I'll tell you what I don't need. A foot tall version of Benedict Cumberbatch in the form of Grand Moff Tarkin. So they've done another one. They've taken the retro collection Tarkin. They've tried to blown it up to um, jumbo size. But yeah, something looks like it's gone horribly wrong. Um, and they've given him Admiral Akbar's staff as well instead of a blaster. Again, seventy nine ninety nine due out this year. But yeah, it's a thumbs down for me on that one. Anyone else got any thoughts on that? <laughs> Do we know if these are actually supposed to be direct scale-ups of the retro collection? Because they look different to me. So obviously the, the, the original idea with them is they, they laser scanned original figures, didn't they? And they had them yeah. absolutely sort of cock on. Whereas the, these, we compare them side by side don't look to be that case i haven't seen anything to say they're not i just assume they were i could well be wrong there because i mean it's it's very apparent with the talking but i just i've just done a little side by side comparison with the the retro collection mandalorian and it is different the helmets you know can sort of a lot more detailed on the bigger one it's just slightly different proportions so they're even getting that bit wrong they're not yeah <laughs> they're not sort of the big one and the little one they're an interpretation it's not like the, the retro collection Tarkin was an amazing figure that everyone should get I mean it's nice to have as a, a figure that everyone complained that they didn't have but it felt like it was it was true to the to the line I know anyways but yeah, I'm not quite sure who this is meant to appeal to, to be honest. I, know, I think they might have a bit of a turkey on their hands with this. Totally disagree. You're going to get it, are you? Of course not. Have you seen it? It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've only, I've only seen negative comments about it, to be fair. Yeah. But, yeah, there'll be someone sitting in the wings thinking, oh, look at my jumbo talking. Charming to the last. From an absolute mess to something which is beautiful beyond compare with anything else we've spoken about tonight. Craig, the Disney parks have released their Halloween exclusive for the year. People like Halloween. People like Star Wars. For the people where that Venn diagram meets, it's just these are the uh, these are the must-have items that I presume are yearly releases from the parks. I mean, they've done a few. We've talked about a few in the past. They've done glow-in-the-dark astromech droids. They've done uh, R5-type droids that have had paint apps that make them look like skeletons. They've had the little R4 ones with the pointy heads look like candy corn, which isn't really a thing over here, is it? More of an American thing. But this, they've just announced their 2021 uh, Halloween Droid Factory Astromech. And, you know, when you look at some of the ones they've done in the past, they've been a bit creative. They've, like the the skeleton one, it's kind of a black paint after they've picked out sort of some of the uh, bony bits in, in white, and it kind of works. The pumpkin that they did out of uh, BB-8, again, round, made him orange, the green head, kind of works. This is basically a red, I think it's an R4 droid, the, the one with the pointy cone-shaped head, and they've just shoved a witch's hat on him. Craig, 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 this is far better than last year's effort. <laughs> Far better. The name R6W1CH R6 Witch. <laughs> I mean, creative. How many witches do you know have red bodies? I mean, they tend to wear black cloaks, don't they? I mean, they haven't got that right. I mean, look at the little hat. Yeah, it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's a bit of Halloween fun. Have you watched Wicked? What? <laughs> well, you said how many witches are red, but there's something about that witch in Wicked. She's um, green. Oh, Wicked. I thought you said yeah. Wicked. 
Oh, you got Star Wars on the brain. I'm just talking about witches. Yeah. Well, this is she's got anyway. this like a red. It's a red body, like black feet, like boots, and a white head, red eye, and then it's just like a floppy witch's hat. But I get it. You know, people will buy these. They'll bring them out once a year. They'll put them on the shelf. They get to add another one every time they do it. I'm not knocking anybody for that. You know, it's just not. You know, I've so much Star Wars in my life. I don't have room for a witchy droid. Sorry. Well, I'll send it back then, Craig. Got you that as a gift. Make me feel bad. You will do now if the one turns up for you, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So over to Tiki. Now, not a lot since last time, but they did release some planet mugs, Daniel. What do I mean by planet mugs? Yeah, so very much in the same vein as what Craig spoke about an episode or two ago when he spoke about the Cantina and the Jabba's Palace Cups. They've released a series of five mugs, each of a different theme. So there's a Dagobah, a Tatooine, a Bespin, a Hoff and an Endor. They're not sculptured mugs in terms of what we've seen, what we traditionally call a tiki mug that generally look at a specific character and give it the tiki treatment. So these have essentially got a wraparound graphic around the mug depicting scenes that occurred in the movies on that planet in a in a tiki style. So they stand about eight inches high. They're 24 ounce is in terms of what they hold. I can't find any UK retailers that are selling them at the moment. And if you go on to Beeline Creative and click on them there, it directs you to Entertainment Earth. And I can't find anywhere else other than Entertainment Earth. So I'm assuming, and I haven't seen this written down anywhere, but I'm assuming they're exclusive to Entertainment Earth and they're limited to 1500 each. I don't dislike these, but with, I'm so deep into tiki mugs now in terms of the, the character-based ones. I'm, I'm loathe to start looking at anything like this, but I, I think the graphics on them are, are nice and cute and keep up that tiki theme, but they're veering too far away, I think, from what they've they've already released and what we've we've all invested in so far. I think they look nice, eh? I think I said before, I need to see them in hand. I don't know whether they, they, they're comparable in price to the, the figural mugs that we all like. I think they'd have to be a bit cheaper for me to entertain it. They're $35. So a bit more, I think, than your, your standard tiki mug. Yeah, don't get that. And it also says they're not dishwasher proof, whereas all, I know it's, <laughs> we, don't, we don't tend to put our, our tiki mugs in dishwashers and they're more for displaying, but these ones aren't. So I'm wondering how durable that, that wraparound graphic is. It would be nice if it was kind of carved into the into the ceramic, but yeah, I think it's just a, a nice sticker that's been applied. I don't want to do them, but again, we need to have them in hand to know that for sure, but that, that's the impression that I'm getting. Mm. Jez, Dr. Squaff Soap. Now... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Um, yeah, let's go with that. Squatch. It's Sasquatch, isn't it? I would say. So it's Dr. Squatch. Yes, you're right. I've missed the C out on my show notes, and uh, that's making me say squat rather than squatch. <laughs> Where do you find these things? This was a Craig post. <laughs> this is great. Dr. Squatch. And you know what? I, I was intrigued so much that I uh, I checked them out on Instagram. And what I think we absolutely need to do, I know Craig is, is the man for our enhanced podcast and everything, but they've got a couple of trailers for this product which actually had me chuckling to myself as I was watching these and whether or not just the audio will come out or de definitely the actual visual. We need to play this trailer. There's a new soap. Can you smell it? The dark side and the light. The Dr. Squatch Star Wars collection is here with natural nourishing ingredients and four galactic scents. There's a path and a bath for everyone. Oh, you smell like you slept inside a Tauntaun. Take this. Are you a Jedi kind of guy? Lather up with Only Hope Soap. Feeling wise? Wisdom Wash is the way. Want to dabble with the dark side? 
Dark Side Scrub and Ruthless Rinse will seduce your senses and exfoliate your skin, making you feel <laughs> powerful. Exfoliation. Amber. Mike? Charcoal. The Dark Side. Mike! Snap out of it! You must find balance in the bundle. Amber and charcoal? Oh, zest and woods. Herbs and citrus. Cypress and oak. Oak, Mike, oak! It's so balanced. Silence! I've chosen my path. Listen, it's easy to give in the dark side scrub, but I think you should appreciate the galaxy of sense. If you're not with me, you're my enemy. You were my brother, Mike. Remember? That was a close one. Which path will you choose? Click the link to explore the Dr. Squatch Star Wars collection today. May the Force be with you. So on Instagram, yeah, what do we have here then? So the finest soap in the galaxy. It's a uh, gift presentation box of four five-ounce soaps based on Star Wars characters. So you've got the light side and the dark side. They're made from natural oils, no harsh chemicals, and uh, sustainably sourced. But I can go into the details of the ingredients of these, but it's really well presented. It's one of those things where you'll probably never actually want to use them, but it's $32. Again, it would make a great Christmas gift really beautifully packaged i'm i'm impressed with this this is one of those things which it wouldn't surprise me if Stu did buy it. i don't think this is what he's bought i think it's more of a figure but you've got the uh join the light side the wisdom what uh wash restoring fragrance and flesh just like a scotchman should be influenced by the wisdom and serenity of master yoda this soothing green bar will calm your mind and clear your thoughts it features skin nourishing lotus leaf and a fresh herbaceous sense that will energize your senses. Now, it took me a while to get the ingredients off of uh, internet. So this one was the uh, Yoast of Wisdom, which is lotus leaf, kaolin clay, brackets, zero grit. Mm, very nice, but a great picture of Yoda on the front. If you don't mind, I'll continue. So we have got Obi-Wan, and this is uh, not old Ben from A New Hope, but this is more prequel era Obi-Wan. And this is called the Only Hope Soap. Aromatic, bright and uplifting, just like a Scotchman should be. With a swirling blue and brown design, this bar pays tribute to the legendary Obi-Wan Kenobi, clad in Jedi robes as he wields his blue lightsaber with a blue refreshing scent. The Only Hope Soap features thyme leaf and bentonite clay for a soothing and detoxifying rinse that will guide you to a truly clean skin. Looks great. And it's, um, yeah, got sort of the marble finish to it. Then you move on to the dark side because Gents, we have to bring balance, don't we? So two light side, two dark side. And this is the dark side scrub with, as you would guess, Lord Vader on it. And this is a heavy grit scrub. So inspired by the all-powerful Darth Vader, this tempting red and black swirl bar will have you in its grip, rejuvenating the chokeberry exfoliating sand and detoxifying coconut charcoal. Rich and smoky amber scent will fuel your desires. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Stu better not use that when he's looking at his Ayla Secura because it, it could just be, you know, my gracious, it could just be absolute <laughs> annihilation in that collecting room. And then finally, we've got the Ruthless Rinse, which has got the... Uh, 
Darth Maul on the front of it. Ruthless rinse, wild, formidable, and bold, just like a squash man should be. Made with restorative dragon fruit. Yes, that popular favourite. And exfoliating black sand, this fiery red bar embodies Darth Maul's rage and power. The spicy, energising aromas will inspire you to take on the world. They've put so much effort into the thoughts and the marketing behind this for a $32 product, you know, so you're talking $8 per soap. It's not going to break the bank, you know. I think this is a great product. Choose your power to shower greatness. It's just it's just brilliant. It's so clever. Thanks for finding this, Craig. And uh, yeah, really, really rate them. So uh, drsquatch.com, but we'll uh, we'll put all the images in the podcast. Star Wars has a great tradition in uh, in fun soaps. Mm. Think about Clearo and Omni and the Addis ones. These are a nice continuation of that, I think. Great find, Craig. Great find. Don't know what you sit at home Googling, but uh, great find. <laughs> the algorithm knows what I like. Now, Craig, you're the one that did find those soaps, and I would have put your name next to them, but Funko came up, and you were like, I want to talk about them. I want to talk about them because I've ordered them. Craig, tell me what Funkos have. Well, there's probably been hundreds since we last recorded, but we're uh, we're just focusing on a handful. Yeah, I haven't actually pre-ordered them, but I might. What we're looking at is four iconic characters, and what they're doing is they're calling them the Retro Series. And we talk about these Funko Pop vinyls every show. Somebody gets the short straw. They have to find something interesting and different to say about them. We, we look at them. And we discuss whether there's any merit in them or not. But you know what they are when you think about it, and you take take a step back, is that they're you know they're the art toy gone mainstream. So Hasbro tried to grab a little bit of that cool when they did the Mighty Mugs, but Funko really nailed it. And we're all a little bit take it or leave them about them. But I think that's mainly down to their ubiquity and their sameness. You know they have a formula, they look a certain way, they're built a certain way, and they just they rinse and repeat them with slight tweaks to to reflect different characters and a whole load of properties and they do it very well and people love them and that's fine but what they've done with these these uh, retro this retro series what they've done is they've overpainted it with like a classic Marvel paint app so we've seen things like this before so Hasbro did something similar in around 2006 they took 12 figures they gave them these very flat comic colours but I don't think they really worked at that scale what you ended up with things that looked a bit weird a bit prototypey solid coloured arms and, and and Chewbacca was a bit strange with sort of like an orangey face in, in a brown head and and you know it, it, it was it was a little bit odd but there's something about the the scale of these the surface area the stylization of the characters that I think just it just works really well I think they're really quite good and they've also put them in very premium looking packaging so they've got this black packaging it's got sort of comic art panels that are blown up so you can see the halftone dots they're almost got this Lichtenstein style and I think they look pretty spot on I think they look like very different to what we've seen with a lot of the a lot of the Funkos and uh, and I saw them come around and I just thought you know they are credit where credit's due let's give it some uh, some praise because I think they've done a good job with these good job just to see out the announcements Dan I'm just going to give us a quick rundown of Lego items bunch of stuff Lego have announced and, and released in the last few weeks first up is a Republic gunship so this is the new uh, US so this is um, available now it's 329.99 and so this is the, the first choice for lego fans so it is voted for, for for lego fans to become the ultimate collector series set yeah so it's a uh, it's going to be another monster i think much like the, the star destroyer before it the death star or the Mos Eisley play set so yeah there's there's plenty there to to enjoy 
And then in terms of the other sets they've released or announced in the last few weeks, we've got a Imperial light cruiser, which is from the final episode. It's in several episodes of The Mandalorian, but a ton of it in the uh, in the final episode. So that's a uh, 150-pound set. It's available on the LEGO website, and I believe outside of the LEGO, um, it's exclusive to Zabby. So take your pick. So yeah, that's a, I think that's a great set, that one. It comes with a, a bunch of uh, Mandalorian-related figures. So you've got a teeny tiny Grogu. You've got the Mandalorian. Cara Dune, which is a surprise given the, the, the situation with her. There's a Fennec Shan. There is a Moff Gideon. And there is a Bo-Katan. So, yeah, I think that's a great looking figure. All it needed was a Luke Skywalker and an R2-D2. But um, I think that might be on Harrison's Christmas list. Next up, we've got a Bad Batch Attack Shuttle, which I've actually got behind me. Still boxed. Again, Harrison's birthday this week. So he's going to be getting that. He's one on top of his list of his Lego sets when he walked around Smith's and saw what they had on offer. So he'll, he'll be building that in the next few days. So I'll tell you what it's like next time. A Darth Vader Meditation Chamber. So I think that's quite a nice set, actually. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to get that. That's 60 quid that one looks quite good and then we've got an imperial armored marauder which is essentially the imperial troop transport so i'm wondering if it's the first time we've had a toy that was developed for, for a film that didn't exist and then transferred across to another toy manufacturer to become an official item so that one's 34.99 so not too badly priced again mandalorian related so we've got the uh, stormtrooper there with his mortar you've got grief cargo and a couple of stormtroopers with that one moving on we've got the armorer's mandalorian forge i think this is another nice little set as well i like this one too so this you get the heavy infantry mando you get an armorer and the mandalorian again in the uh in her forge where she's uh smelled in all of the beskar to make the the mandalorian armor then we've got the jewel on mandalore which features darth maul and ahsoka from the the final couple of episodes i think the the box that that they uh imprisoned uh darth maul in is a nice touch with that set and you also get his uh his throne on mandalore so that's a, a cheaper set so that's 17.99 we've then got the Mandalorian Starfighter. So I think this is a reissue, this one. This been this one's been out before. So this is the originally featured in the Clone Wars and then was seen briefly in the last couple of episodes of the Mandalorian season two. So this is Bo Katan ship. Um, that's $49.99 and is showing us out of stock on the Lego website. There is and this year's advent calendar, which is Mandalorian themed, believe it or not. Two years later than hoped. We've seen all very much prequel related themed advent calendars for the last couple of years. I've been buying these every year for Harrison probably since he was at least the last six or seven years I've got him one of these so he'll, he'll definitely be getting this pre-ordered and then given to him on the on the 1st of December to start cracking open they're great fun these I really do enjoy these calendar sets you can get your cheap dairy milk or whatever confection you like advent calendars but I do I do enjoy these Lego ones and last by no means least and probably the most controversial set is Boba Fett's Starship so formerly known as Slave One and we're gonna I know we're gonna talk into this a little bit more in a moment but that's out now it's showing us out of stock but yeah that one is 44.99 and i know it's available in smith's because i saw it there today some nice sets in there actually mate nice little bits and pieces out there all different price ranges that's what i always like about lego favorite um i would say quite like the meditation chamber i know it's one that's of the me ones. no that's for me i'm i'm in for that yeah, yeah quite like that I like the uh two little figures with it i think that's a nice set it's more to be it's like the base isn't it the or the, the helmet sorry it's it's meant to be one of those kind of sets a little bit more um displayable than the standard kids fair okay there has been some announcements hasn't there i mean going through all that there's a hell of a lot and like i said to you i did i did pre-order something which i probably wouldn't now mark's gone for the uh koto bukia Endor thing. What, what do you three think I've ordered? The Mithril. Mithril, the Black Series figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice choice. Quite like him. Well, I know it's not the Luke. 
hot toy. We're not going to do this, are we? We're not going to go through everything. It's not. Well, I've got to. I've, I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> if if Mark had not really said it, probably that that um, ATSD. So I'm going to say the restraining bolt, magnetic restraining bolt. Yeah, nice, nice little piece, Craig. Uh, the power of the Force Two Cantina Showdown Black Series thing. You can't pre-order it yet, Craig. Don't let don't fall into that trap. Oh, <laughs> careful. Pick something else. Well, I would have said the restraining bolt as well. <laughs> do you know what, Craig? If that had been up for pre-order, I think I would have pulled my trigger on that. Uh, Mark, you're totally right. When I saw that, I thought, oh, how much fun is that? Ten Ewoks, low grays on his fl- the floor. <laughs> One of them's hiding behind a rock. I just thought, ah, oh, it's all kinds of... Uh, kind of cutesy i know my daughter will really enjoy it when she comes out to my room she tries to touch everything so it's be another thing to say no to yeah i loved it i actually stopped during the notes to order that <laughs> to go to it but i think it's, like it's, 100, it's 100 fantastic i love it it's not my sort of thing and i love it as soon as i saw it i just thought what what a fun thing you yeah. say it's not your sort of thing, Mark, but it looks like it could be one of your little drawings brought to life. Oh, well, I, I take that as a great compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, it's it's one of those things that you will probably see something new and different in it every every time you look at it or every angle you look at it. It's um, and that's the thing about it. It looks great from any angle. I love it. Yeah, brightly coloured, loads of character. I Am just... I right in saying that there was a, a a biker scout with fighting Ewoks off his? legs and arms that's in the style yeah you are right i I, I knew i'd seen that style before i knew that it wasn't the only thing they'd done but yes now you say it that does ring a bell you need that as well then Stu. (laughs) that does totally belong in your collection when you look at everything that else that you've got that is yeah i can completely see that yeah well done mark good choice uh nice one Stu. oh well um, i think it's due in the first quarter of 2022 i think there's a three month kind of band on it i mean i think it was about 140 quid i think that's pretty reasonable reasonable for something like that with so much going on in it yeah looking forward to getting that one definitely an unboxing video coming with that Okay, so Dan, as you just said, there's a lot of rumours going around about Boba Fett's starship, as we've just heard it called on um on the Lego set. No, no sign of Slave One in the terminology on the uh, on the packaging. So we've delved into the story a little bit to see what is going on. First of all, Jess, can you take us through the nuts and bolts of this story, just to give a bit of bit of backstory to it? Yeah. Okay. So Slave One which we're all familiar with. You know, that's come out. It had been uh, referred to in uh, in the vintage days, um, in the 80s. In fact, the packaging, I've raised this before in the past, it was Slave 1, but with Roman numerals, which was unusual because you didn't see Roman numerals used in any other any other type of mini rig or anything. But yeah, it was absolutely Slave 1. Now, we know that over the last few years, Disney have become a little bit more 
sort of woke and aware and wanting to appeal to everyone, wanting to go the way in which the world is going, which is quite rightly addressing diversity and inclusion, because I think Disney is one of those brands which they want to get the best out of their people and they want everyone who works there to feel, feel comfortable. And the world is changing and actually corporations and everyone and all the big companies are recognizing this. You know, you've seen it in Disney, I'm seeing it in the military that we are now embracing change and embracing diversity. And as part of that, they're now starting to get a little bit nervous and they're becoming too self-aware in some respects with regards to their past. And there are some elements to this and we see it in, in news and in society that people are now ashamed of the past and are trying to erase the past. And sometimes we need to remember our past because if you don't remember history, there is a risk often of history repeating itself. And that's why museums are so important for us to go back in. You know, I'm not going to go off and talk about Holocaust or anything like that, but it's important that we remember the past and we don't try to erase it. And in some respects, it might be that Disney, are they trying to erase the past? Well, what they've done is they've made a bit of a sort of... Um, uh, how, how can I say this? So what's happened now is by, if they had done nothing, then I think things may have been all right. But by trying to change things, they've now, again, you, you've erupted that sort of vocal minority online who have been up in arms. And this is about changing the name because Slave from Slave One, and then, yes, this can go into the Leah from Return of a Jedi in the gold bikini, formerly referred to as Slave Leah, and they're, they're trying to sort of disassociate themselves from that terminology. So this this kind of came out by accident, I believe. It was um, in a poster or in a trailer for a, um, I think it was Behold the Vehicles of War, um, which showed that Boba Fett and his ship and the press release is given a new name. And the new name is Fire Spray. Uh, and we can go on and, and later on talk about other bounty hunters and their name for, for their particular ship. But it was known as Slave One. You know, you've seen it and, and we had heard initially that there were changes to, I think it was Lego packaging, where they just called it Boba Fett's spaceship or Boba Fett's starship. But now they've completely changed the name. So, yeah, Disney are trying to do this. There are certain films which Disney produced, which understandably now then they're, they're not putting on Disney+. Plus. OK, so the name Fire Spray has had some previous connections to Star Wars, Greg. Can you give us the origins of that name? If Slave One is the name of the ship, Fire Spray is the uh, the maker model. I think I'm right in saying it was one of those things, one of those bits of Star Wars lore that was were coined uh, way back in the late '80s with uh, with West End Games. But it's certainly canon the the ship according to Wikipedia. So the Fire Spray 31 class patrol and attack craft, also known simply as a Fire Spray class interceptor, was a patrol ship manufactured by the Qat Systems Engineering, uh, and they were used to guard and patrol the prison moon Uvo 4, which is where bounty hunters Django Fett and then later Boba Fett, who inherited it, piloted a customized Fire Spray named Slave One throughout their career. So the important question is, yeah, so what load of kind of background stuff that some people might disregard? Has it ever been spoken on screen? And the answer is yes. Aura Singh does reference Slave One by name in, I think, a couple of uh, Clone Wars episodes. So there is a precedent there. It has been named through G-Canon, isn't it? Clone Wars is G-Canon or is that G-1 canon? Anyway, I think, it's, I think it's full canon now. I think it was G-Canon. That's all disappeared now. It's either canon or it's not. There you go. 
It's canonically Slave One. Dan, there's been some backlash, hasn't there, from the Star Wars fans over this? It kind of, I suppose, all feeds into, you know, what we've seen over the last few years. There was the, you know, the uproar around some of the social commentary or social justice, which was... I suppose prevalent in The Last Jedi and then the stuff around Cara Dune and, and the actress who played her it's just carried on from there people just annoyed with Disney trying to change things to kind of push their social agenda I suppose to be over sensitive and you know asking who's actually come out and said they've ever had a problem with the name of a, a spaceship in Star Wars called Slave One since it's been you know boxed on toy shelves since 1980 or whenever it came out so yeah there's there, there is lots of uproar there's lots of noise online a few celebrities have come out and voiced their support there was the guy who played boba fett in the 1997 special edition in the the hangar scene docking bay 94 with the falcon when boba fett walks on he's come out and says it'll always be slave one to me and he's put a photograph of himself on twitter um kissing his slave one so yeah it's it's one of those things where people are just trying to understand now what that means for going forward i mean we've obviously got the book of boba fett coming out December will the ship will it be named in that show will it be called fire spray will it be called slave one or will it just remain unnamed will it even feature in that show it's, it's hard to, to quantify if it's an issue or not at the moment I think I think time will tell Disney haven't come out and given an official position on it it's come out more from Lego and I think a comic book was released and the, and the, and the references that Jez made at the start I think it yeah we just have to wait and see what happens I think the book of Boba Fett will be a, a good uh, indication though going forward Mark I'm going to give you the hardest question here because staying politically correct and all that kind of business is what is one thing but what are your thoughts on the name change i mean the ship title has stood for 40 years we've seen it on toy packaging so why the name change is this the right thing to do in your mind in my mind absolutely not no slave has uh, different connotations in the, in the way that you say a slave mechanism it doesn't necessarily have to revert back to 17th and 18th century uh, slavery and the slave trade which i kind of get that that's what disney are trying to almost eradicate by doing this name change because when you talk about slavery that is the, the sort of sticking point for a lot of people isn't it it's it's, it's a part of history that we, we don't like to be reminded of but the past is the past it can't be altered and in my mind if if disney is disney's motivation is to eradicate the past then if their motivation is to change slave one then why not just destroy the ship and give boba fett a new ship and call it something else Slave One will always be Slave One, will be to me, and it will be to a large percentage of of the uh, Star Wars fandom. And part of me thinks, is this part of a a publicity drive to drum up a bit of um, furore before the Book of Boba Fett kicks in uh, later this year? And, you know, the marketing machine, they all sit around a table. How can we get Star Wars fans talking about this or that or the other? And, uh, well, let's get them riled up about something. Let's change Slave One. It's it's complete. It's utterly needless. It has it serves no purpose to change the name. And in my mind, I think Disney have, have shot themselves in the foot. Now, if that's intentional or not, I don't know. But in my mind, it will always be Slave One. I think it's a silly, silly move by Disney to try and change that. Can we just interrogate the story a little bit? Because I'm still not convinced this is the thing. So my understanding is that so we had the Lego packaging description, which used a generic term. 
But I think they've also done that with other ships. I think they did it with the Knights of Ren ship. They did it with something else. They did it with the Race Crest, didn't they? And this has come from, is it Marvel? Some covers? So I think with the Lego thing, there was a press conference, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, I think the sets that we've just been through, they, they, they were running through some of that and Boba Fett's Starship came up. And I think one of the, the guys in the audience asked the question about it and the Lego um, representative basically said that the name was being phased out by Disney. So they actually came out and said that. Okay, so so that was that was legit, and then this that that was definitely said, and we've seen since then that Marvel comic book with that yeah with the name with Slave One named as Fire Spray, but you've got Bosks, I think it's the Hound Tooth is still called the Hound Tooth, and several of the other ships, it's just the just Slave One that's been changed. And Zuckus and the mother. <laughs> 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 so they're keeping that one. I think you make a really good point, Mark. I mean. I think you're right. If they wanted to write this out, the first episode of Book of Fett destroyed the thing. Well, it, if you look, if the cat, one of the things that's been mentioned is that those episodes of the Clone Wars that, that Craig mentioned, I think that the, the, this the lark, definitely the final arc of season two. Orisin um, crashes the Slave One. Ahsoka cuts the wing off with a lightsaber and it crashes. And then you don't see the Slave One again until we see it in the Mandalorian. And there's there's questions around what happens. Is it the same ship? Are they going to say that the Jango Fett version of Slave One was Slave One and Boba Fett's is fire spray? There's there's yeah some speculation around that. And are we going to see in the series in Retrieve Slave One or get another model fire spray? So but so back to the more overarching idea behind this and the, this uh, move away from troublesome and, and problematic areas of history. I mean, slavery has been a running theme in Star Wars forever so you know in chronological terms from anakin and more recently slavery was talked about in the bad batch omega asks what a slave trader is and uh she's there with tech and echo and they reply someone who buys and sells people for credits people can be sold they don't have a choice they're captives treated like property so you know a strong message there that's not endorsing slavery it's not glorifying it it's not showing it as every day it's making a point that it's not a good thing i don't see how that in something as recent as the bad batch sort of squares with this whole story no i i agree i mean there, there are parts of it that just don't add up what you know if if your motivation is to completely eradicate any notion of offence or any idea that any part of Star Wars could be offensive to anybody, calling Slave 1 Slave 1 is, is low down on the list. There are other things that need to be addressed, I guess, if, if that was your motivation. It, it just doesn't quite add up to me. There's just something about it that is a bit too, hmm, it doesn't sit quite right. So, like I say, I'm not sure whether it's the, the marketing people sat around a table and, and sort of how can we upset fans to get people talking about Star Wars just before a new series starts. So I think that's the thing. There's a new series coming out. You've got, you've got a Boba Fett-centric series. At some point, there's going to be merchandise coming out off the back of that. You know, any ships relating to him is going to be having Slave One plastered all over it. And do they want to see as someone sat there and gone, oh, is it a good thing if we've got, you know, toy shelves filled with ships that say Slave on them? And someone's just gone, yeah, that's not good. We need to change that. And, and that's just, you know, can we change that? Well, yeah, it was referenced one in, once in Clone Wars. Yeah, let's just do it. And and, and it, it, it has come down to that, I think, people sitting in a boardroom and getting nervous about the name of a ship called Slave. It's 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 madness. It's crazy. 
I honestly think that's all it is. It's someone has just made a, they've sat in a, in a meeting somewhere and someone's gone, can we change it? Let's just call it a starship or let's call it something else. What, what else, what else can we call it? And get, oh, the model is a fire spray. Let's just, let's just call it that. That does have, that does ring a, a lot of truth to it, uh, Dan. I think we could well be on the right lines with something like that. Yeah. I work in the brewing industry sometimes and I've been working on packaging projects for beers because the whole, I mean, we've done the beer show and, you know, it's a consideration that IPAs, their origin was creating beers that were of a certain strength and character that would survive a a long sea voyage to India when the, uh, the Europeans were busy colonising that country. So that's a real, a real world example of why some of these connotations need addressing and, and are being addressed. But this is this is fantasy and sci-fi. It's, it doesn't compare, really. So shall we put it to the vote, then? Hands off or uh, say yay or nay. If you think the change of Slave 1 is a step too far, I personally think that it is. I, think it I agree. As, as, as it was. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will continue to call it that. I mean, <laughs> he joked about... My boy, me, forced him to be a Star Wars fan, Stu. But I asked him the question the other day, well, what's Boba Fett's spaceship called? Slave One, without missing a beat. I think people look at us as the older fans as being the old curmudgeons and, you know, stuck in the past. But I think you've got, you know, a whole generation of prequel fans that know that ship is Slave One. And a lot of the fans, the younger fans that are coming through now that are watching Star Wars and reading the comics and novels and know all the backstory, that will we'll still call it Slave One. So I think they're going to be hard pushed to get away from that name. I think your point earlier, Dan, was spot on. They're not thinking about the fans. They're thinking about random people who see this thing yep. on a shelf. They've got no context. You know, in real terms, Boba Fett's wearing Wookiee scalps, which is far more problematic, I think. <laughs> hacked off the skin and the hair of some poor Wookiees. You know, that's not a good thing. Be interested to see it, won't it, when the toys come out for Book of Fett. We did have a little chat on our on our thread, the amount of toys that have had Slave written on them with relation to Star Wars. Um, there is many. Ross, I'll let you know what I find out. Hey, did you name that new ship of yours yet? She's called Slave One. It's kind of a ruthless ring to it. Well, it fits your personality. Right then, so let's go on to our independent shop shout out and i'm handing over to craig this month because not only has he found someone to shout out he's also got a lovely little backstory and purchased an item from them yeah who amongst us remembers a band called hefner sort of post brit pop late 90s lo-fi bit of a john peel band ringing any bells yeah i can uh, vaguely remember them sort of late night bbc radio one and used to have the radio on when i was working so yeah that that band name just ringing well british indie rock bands uh, active from around 1996 about 2002 few kind of minor league hits i would say i mean i knew them i first saw them support billy bragg at nottingham rock city and uh was very taken with their their lo-fi indie lyrical pop breaking god's heart i think was probably their first album fidelity wars and as they progressed through their career went a little bit more electronic using very old synthesizers things like that but the main man chap called darren Heyman, he's continued his career still making music and always was uh, an artist on the side he did all of their record covers they all had a certain aesthetic that that really chimed with the music that they made and you know one of the great things about social media and twitter is that you can keep track with these people you know you keep track of all the 
the characters from the bands you were into or TV programs you, you liked at the time and see what they're up to now. And they become part of your sort of daily kind of landscape in social media. So I've followed Darren Heyman for a while. I think I've had a couple of exchanges with him over the years. One uh, sticks in my mind about Roger Stewart's uh, train set and, and Jules Holland. But anyway, that's by the by. So he, he chats on Twitter and he's got an Etsy store where he sells some of his paintings. And he does a little series where he will paint little bits of old computers or uh, sketches from when he's out walking, really random things like wing mirrors on cars. So a real kind of eclectic mix of stuff. And it's all got this slightly, as I say, wonky lo-fi kind of vibe to it. And I saw the other day, just scrolling through, he'd painted his old uh, Star Wars figures. So he'd done um, a set of seven and he'd done Boba Fett, and uh, Luke, the original Luke, Gamorrean Guard, Jawa, Chief Chirper, Admiral Akbar, and a Stormtrooper. So no particular theming there, but they were just so charming. Painting action figures is nothing new. You can get super duper photorealistic sketches. We mentioned one on the last old fossils of Stuart, the one that Dan Turl did for you of Greedo. So it's not it's not anything new, but this was done by the lead singer of one of my old favorite bands. So I jumped on it. I thought they were incredibly charming, and I bought the um, I bought the Jawa. And what's really sweet about the Jarry is they're obviously all done to scale as a set and framed as though they're all sitting on the uh, on, on a common horizon line. So in the frame, the Jawa's got quite a bit of air above him, which I just quite like. So the whole thing as a piece, just the way it was uh, sketched and coloured, just was really nice. It wasn't anything like uh, I've got in my collection. It's very, quite a unique item. So I was very pleased with it and I photographed it just with the collection in the background and I put it up on Twitter as a little bit of a thank you so you know he's got a good home he fits right in and he responded he said well look at stuff in the background is that your is that your collection from from your childhood or is it stuff you've added to so we had a couple of exchanges and it turned out that he'd recently unearthed his box of childhood figures and that's where the inspiration to come to paint this this first little wave and we got into a chat about what had gone missing through over the years for him and there's a couple there he wanted to replace he wanted to re- replace his uh his leah that he'd, he'd lost his ben didn't have a cape uh and there was a there was a third one which i forget but he showed me a box of weapons because we got into talking about how much the you know even a, a layer blaster would cost and he said is this is this it no no that's not it i don't know what that is i think that might be action force anyway he's sending uh, photos backwards and forwards um and he ended up sending me like a little his, his little tub of uh, of guns and and said give me a clue so i took the took the image and i went through and i kind of highlighted what what was what sent it back to him but it was a helix um math set it kept all these years uh, and kept all these guns in it so you know what started off as a little purchase became a lovely little uh, chat with somebody i've always uh, admired for just him his music his his vibe his aesthetic his his outlook um a big fan so yeah you can tell when someone's going to get in the bug over the conversations, can't you? You can say, you can sense when someone's kind of going, oh, yeah, oh, that's an Emperor's Royal Guard stuff. I didn't, I didn't, forgot I had one of those. And you can just, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if um, if there weren't more of these coming down the line. And if they do reappear, if he does do another set, I'll make sure that I share that in the in the group on, on our socials so you can uh, get in on some of the cool indie Darren Heyman Star Wars figure painting action. Wonderful, mate. They do look great, don't they? Cracking little story, that is. Um, 
Craig is very good at striking up these relationships with people through various things. And, you know, he's shared a couple of stories with people and, and, and how we actually met was through eBay, like, you know, some random purchase and you get chatting to somebody. That's how these things sort of progress and flower, as it were. So, uh, yeah, no, it's a great, great little story and um, lovely, lovely artwork. That wasn't a random purchase, Mark. That was a Lions made C-3PO paper mask. That was a very that was a very specific purchase that was. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you do have an original Leia or a C3PO or a Ben with a cape and you want to help out indie legend Darren Heyman complete his first 12, get in touch with us and uh, we'll put you in touch with Darren because that's uh, that's his you the start of his I new vintage Star Wars collecting journey. Six months since you left. We must be truly blessed. So, boys, we're about done for the month. I just want to give out a few shout-outs. Like I say, it's been a while since we uh, we did these. There has been some unboxing videos. Um, like I said, I've done a hot toy of a Jarrah and Power Droid. Dan, I think you've done a couple of hot toys in that time. It's definitely got... Who did you do? IG, I want to say. IG11, yeah. Great figure. Uh, great figure, yeah. There's obviously videos off there of other enhanced things we've been doing. So go and check out uh, YouTube uh, straight away, right now. Don't stop. Make sure you head over to www.generationskywalker.com where you will find links to everything that we do, all our shows, all our videos. But there's also the blogs over there. And of course, we have spoken about Craig's uh, latest blog, Brio. I can't get my head around the name of it. Brio what, Craig? Network. It's not hard to do it. <laughs> Brio Network. Uh, go and check that out because we do want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your opinions whether you think Craig needs more sleep or whether he's onto something. I mean, it's one or the other, isn't it, Craig? I think it's the latter. <laughs> we, we really do want to hear everything about that. And our other social media, of course, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go and search for Generation Skywalker. Give us a like, give us a follow. And we do have a community Facebook page. We are Generation Skywalker. Type that into Facebook. Come and join the conversation. Start the conversations. We want to make that a community where we talk anything and everything star wars boys before we do say goodbye something we like to do in the modern way everything that's been mentioned tonight nothing that you've pre-ordered nothing that you've purchased uh, what one thing would you add to your collection uh, you'd be tempted to dan i think that lego meditate chamber's calling me interesting craig the restraining bolt i'm hoping that it uh, might stop my washing machine walking across the kitchen uh, Mark? Probably the Bad Batch Lego Shuttle, which will probably be an actual purchase sometime soon. Lovely, lovely. And on the Enhanced, go and check out the Enhanced because Craig will video his washing machine walking across the, the uh, kitchen uh, just for that part. Um, boys, always fun, always a blast. Love chatting modern. It was a big catch up tonight, but I think we've uh, we've managed to get on top of it. So hopefully we'll get on top of the shows a bit more. But it is. 
goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. It is goodnight from Mark. Goodnight. It is goodbye from Daniel. This is the way. It is goodbye from Jez. It's goodbye from me. And it is goodbye from me. And we are Generation Skywalker.